Heat is required to forge anything. Every great accomplishment is the story of a flaming heart. Ladies, gentlemen and variations thereupon, this is Modern Escapism. Hello and welcome to the final episode of our summer-themed month. My name is Oodles, the Hot For Teacher host of the show. Joining me today, burning down the house, it's Stig. Feeling hot, hot, hot. (laughs) She's got canned heat in her heels tonight, baby. It's Candy. (laughs) Hello. Come on, baby, light my fire. It's Biggie. Scotchio. And finally... Looking for some hot stuff, baby, this evening. It's Gadget. It's hot. Real hot. Hotter than a damn snake's ass in heat. Hot. Real hot. Before we get into the show, please consider becoming one of our sexy and incredibly cool patrons to help us divide and conquer the podcasting world. Details are in our show notes, but mainly check out our website, modernescapism.co.uk, for more exquisite content and links to everything we do. Now it's time for what I assume is a jam-packed, hot and fiery Biggie's Breaking News! You may already know, but he doesn't, because it's time for Biggie's Breaking News. Podcasters, assemble. That's right, I've got news for you. And there's been a lot of news this week. We'll start with Mm. San Diego's Comic-Con took place over the weekend. And there was just maybe one or two announcements. So basically, the MCU Phase 5 and 6 was announced. Phase 4 through to 6 is now known as the Multiverse Saga. So we have the Black Panther Wakanda Forever will round off Phase 4. There's a trailer released out today, I think. Yes, that's um, great. Yeah, yeah we, got really see, we got to see Namor. Yep, and I'm pretty sure that's a, f- a lady in the Black Panther suit at yep. the end. No, yep, yeah, it is. It's definitely going to be, and... It looks emotional. I think they're respecting Chadwick Boseman's mm. untimely passing. And I think it's going to be a tough watch in a good way, if you get mm. me. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Angela Bassett looks like she's just going to absolutely own that film yeah. from that trailer. Yeah. As she does in yeah. most things she's in. Yeah, yeah she does. Oh, yeah. Queen. I mean, the supporting cast of Black Panther were great anyway, so I think... It's just a fantastic fine. film all around, really. And an important one. And then moving on, we have Phase 5. Um, listing a few of the things that were announced, if not all, was Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Not sure about that one myself. We knew about that years ago, though. Yeah, that stick. one. Yeah, the, the I pre- knew. pretty much the first four in the, this list of films were already announced, but they didn't say when all of them were coming, but apart from three of them. And then have the Marvels. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Bring it on. Blade. Yes. Mm-hmm. With, uh, what's his name? Mashala. Mahershala Ali. Ali. Mahershala Ali. Ali. And hopefully awesome. we're going to get Anthony Starr as Dracula. That's my dream. That's my dream. That is my dream. <laughs> Need it. Uh, interestingly, Captain America, the New World Order. So are we assuming it's uh, Winter Soldier picking that one up? Or is it going to be the Falcon? It's going to be Falcon. Falcon. 
He's not called the Falcon anymore. He's Captain America. America. Yeah. Sam Wilson is not the Falcon anymore. I haven't seen the TV show, so. Well, you've been missing out. Well, not much on that one, to be fair. (laughs) Sam Wilson is Captain America. Uh, This is clearly going to be a setup for the Thunderbolts. Yep. Finally. Which which rounds off phase five. So. Big into the Thunderbolts. Uh, Secret Invasion. Looking forward to that. Yes. Uh, Echo. Yep. yep. Looking forward to that. Hawkeye. Yep. You guys Very need to watch to Hawkeye. That. Watch Hawkeye. Mm. It's really good. Listen to us. Yeah, when we say watch Hawkeye. Mate, <laughs> it's my favourite of the Marvel shows. It's, it's sensational. Yeah, I need to catch it's up really with that. good. Uh, Loki season two. Looking forward to that. Oh, come on. Yep. Come on. Ironheart. I don't know much about this character. Ironheart. You do. Ironheart. Iron Man, little protege. She's a, a genius and yeah. kind of takes on the mantle of Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe her character's going to be in uh, debut in Wakanda Forever. Mm. Yeah. So we'll get to see her or whether it's just a, like a small role or or not, but we'll we'll, we'll get to meet her in uh, Wakanda Forever and then she's going to have her own TV show. And next up we've got Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Not sure about this one because I thought she was fine in uh, Loki. It's a prequel. The TV series. Mm, not so sure. Well, I'm for it. Vision, not Loki. Yeah, WandaVision. WandaVision. Oh, so, yeah, sorry, WandaVision. Oh, I thought you were a comic yeah, just... fan. Jesus. <laughs> Agatha Harkness, come on, everyone knows. I haven't read every single comic in Marvel. Oh, trying. You should do. No, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed her in. in uh, WandaVision, but I wasn't really that bothered about seeing a prequel about her and how she got out of this. This next okay. one, though, this is the big one. Yeah, the next one they're definitely up for is Daredevil Born Again. Come on, Born come on, yeah. let's go. Let's get some Wilson Fisk. Ooh. Have you seen um, the trailer for the, the, the new trailer for She Hulk? Oh, yes. God. Yeah. Do you know what? Did you watch right to the end? With his new costume. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, um, this, uh, this shield's making me quite thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. is it? About a big, big, strong woman. I was going to say, is it, is it the Lady D um, effect again? I, I just... I, that, that scene in the first trailer where she's like, like having sex, well, alluding to that, I was like, I'm up for that. Well, where she pick, <laughs> picks up the big muscle-bound guy and walks him to the bedroom. Yeah! <laughs> you don't have to throw, her up, throw him over her shoulder. I want to be smashed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit it, look. She'd destroy your pelvis. beautiful. But they have a Good. break in the fourth wall as well, which is great. And like mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the funniest thing of online is you see everyone's like, oh, she's just copying Deadpool now. No, no, she did it first. It's the other way around. <laughs> she did it first. She was the first. We'll get onto them when it comes to uh, Kill It With Fire. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Marvel fans, yeah? No, just... <laughs> Internet. Phase <Get that. laughs> six, we'll start with Fantastic Four in November 24. <gasps> Oodles finally gets yes! his wish. Finally! Uh, oh, I've been waiting for so long. <laughs> Have they announced the actual lineup for Fantastic Four? So no, nope. nope, not officially. That that'll be next year. Okay. Well, there's a Disney showcase coming up next month. 
Oh, I think it'll be next month. I, I was expecting a lot of this to come out then. So I have no idea what they're going to put out there regarding Marvel. So maybe they've held some stuff back for that. Oh, God, mm. I just... I, the, the, one, the one person I'm scared of is um, Johnny Storm because they've... I don't think they've ever got him right as a character. They've always made him this like cocky, brash... I don't know, like wisecracker, but he's not that. He's not that guy in the books. You know what I mean? He's quite level-headed. So the ball between him and the thing is more interesting. Yeah, and then, than yeah, just him on that's his the own. More, yeah, I, I, that's the everyone. You can you can get a good Reed Richards. So have you can get a good Sue Storm, Ben Grimm's CGI. So, I was, 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 was going to say, do you think we have the Reed Richards still, or do you, yeah. think, or do you think it's <laughs> I, no? We genuinely, cast? we do. I genuinely do, and I think as Sue Storm could be Emily Blunt, and it'd work perfectly. But it's Ben Grimm's going to be a voice of somebody, um, and yeah, it's Johnny Storm. That's the linchpin that's going to make or break, in my opinion. Doom, obviously, Mister Doom, <laughs> Doctor Doom. I don't know what they're going to mm. do. I don't know who Doctor Doom's going to be. It doesn't have to be Doctor Doom in this film. It doesn't have to be Doctor Doom. Remember Fantastic Four? It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Basically, their main he's body so is connected. Galactus. Yeah, he's so connected. Yeah, yeah, he is, isn't he? Oh, cool. Doctor be, Doom's not, tough one. Do it'll not be Fantastic Four versus Morbius. Do not waste <laughs> Doctor Doom in one film. They won't do. Doctor Doom's got to be an ongoing Please. presence forever now. Yeah, they're not going to just get rid of him. Surely not. Remember, Doctor Doom switches allegiances. At his own whim. Sometimes he's on side of Magneto. Sometimes he's with the X Men. Sometimes he's with Spider Man. It's just like this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving on. Um, also announced in Phase Six was Avengers: The Kang Dynasty. Out, dynasty. Uh, You're not in America. <laughs> dynasty. 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 I've heard loads of people, <laughs> loads of English people saying dynasty, dynasty. Dynasty. Oh man, I, I was listening to a podcast, and every time they said um, "Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness," the multiverse, the part of me died a little bit. <laughs> Dynasty, but I'll let you. I'll let it off. I'll let you off. Let you off. Will you? <laughs> no, no. Avengers: Secret Wars. Oh, this November twenty twenty-five. Yep, that's the big one. Um, that's the big one. So far, no other projects for Phase 6 have been announced, but like he says, maybe it'll be in uh, Disney uh, no. news. No, I don't think they want to get too far ahead of themselves because mm. they'll they'll change change thing, they change things around, don't they? And also, depending yeah. on what they want to do with Spider-Man and where Sony, what they do with Sony and stuff like that. We'll probably yeah. get another Spider-Man film lobbed in there between both Avengers yeah. films, I reckon. I agree. I, um, think, I think they will. I think that post credit scene will happen then and it'll happen in Secret Wars because that's what happens in the yep. books, right? So. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of which, there's also a load of other news and information uh, over the weekend, including What If Season 2. Yeah, to it. I Am Groot Shorts. Mate, I watched the trailer thing. for that. Oh. I loved it. I loved it. Are they or are they full length ones? The shorts, like eight oh, minutes okay. Long. Yeah, they're just on Disney+. Plus. I love that little trailer. My kids were giggling their little heads off. I'm like, oh, it's cute. Vin Diesel's best role. <laughs> and first look at the animated show X-Men Class of 97. I assume it's going to go <laughs> full metal with that intro. Have you seen the pictures? It's just carrying on from the 90s show. Yeah, it yeah. looks very similar, yeah. doesn't it? literally just taking off from where it ended in 97. Yeah. yeah. 
and Spider-Man freshman show. year. Not so bothered yeah. about that. I'm cool with it. They've had so many Spider-Man TV shows, though, cartoons. It's literally this yeah. fucking hundreds. Just give us the 90s hundreds. one back. Yeah, I did like that one, but I, I, Ultimate Spider-Man was the best cartoon show for me. But not many people watched that because they were too old for it. I weren't. <laughs> Spider-Man is Ultimate amazing Spider-Man. friends. Iceman, Firestorm. No, I'm not into that. That was shit. <laughs> it was. Oh, well, I loved it as a kid. Um, oh, yeah. Some other quick stuff that was dropped. Uh, just a few things, maybe rumours, who knows. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito is rumoured to be in the running for the Professor X role. Bang in into it. In X-Men mm. reboot. I'm sure so many it. people are getting it. Fans going to kick off about that. Yeah. I don't oh, who cares? I think he'd be awesome. Fans. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. He'd be perfect. I can't think of anyone better, really. I can, but he's fine. It'll mm. be, be great. It'll be great. Uh, something that we've all appreciated is the Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves trailer. I'm dead Appreciate? Mate, I'm fucking suing them. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate. Copying bastards. For, uh, as, a, as a film, it looks great. It looks like it's going to be schlocky fun. Yeah. I wasn't sure about the soundtrack on the trailer, though. What was it? Was it Led Zeppelin? Yeah, it was Led Zeppelin and I think ACDC as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I, thought that was a, I thought that was a bit of an interesting choice. Just, well, was, was, I think that people just said when they were talk when this was announced. Like I saw a lot of people saying go for a Guardians of the Galaxy style yeah. film. And that's clearly that's what, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Is it right? yeah. I think it looks fine. It's just just plagiarism, isn't it? Not enough Goliath. Yeah. Too much too, too <laughs> it, much bard. Never never too much bard. <laughs> I'm telling you now that film ends with people playing at a table. <laughs> yeah that'd be cool that'd be yeah. cool like a fourth wall breaking oh, game over yeah. that kind of thing yeah thank you I love the next bit the animated cast of Star Trek Lower Decks will play live action versions of the characters in Star Trek Stranger New World season 2 for a crossover episode yeah, good yeah, news that's, that that's, that's so that's into fun. this no idea how they're going to do it I really uh, want to see Jack Quaid with purple the- hair yeah, because of the time. Uh, uh, and there is a time discrepancy, isn't there? Time discrepancy, yes. There's going to be some timey-wimey things going on there, but cool it also that. apparently is going to have Strange New World cast are going to end up being animated. So it's going to be... Yeah. This is the rumours that it's going to have, like, part of it's going to be live action, part of it's going to be animated. So that'll cool. be... Uh, that's going to be really good fun. Two very good Star Trek shows. So if you've not watched them, watch them. Uh, next up, we've got Black Adam and Shazam trailers. Boring. Sure Black Adam. <laughs> yeah, Shazam looks great. Yeah, the Shazam, like Shazam one looks good. Black Adam looks yeah. fucking dull. Ooh, DC are clutching at straws. That's your first Shazam first film. Was great. I liked the Shazam film, first one, but I didn't love it. Uh, this one just looks like it's trying too hard for my liking. I'm not a big Zachary uh, Levi fan. Never have been. I like how he's, he's arc ended in uh, Thor Ragnarok. He just got killed. There's <laughs> <laughs> a first look at the National Trevor. Uh, let's start again. National Trevor. Trevor. National Trevor. National Trevor. National Trevor. The, we the, love the our Trevors in the UK. Loves. <laughs> Postman. First look at National Treasure TV show. I, Was it a good film, that? I've, I've like, seen the first two. I can't remember if I liked them. I like National Treasure. I'm not sure about the f- second one. I can't remember much about that. But the first one, I actually watched this a few weeks ago with the kids. Uh, Didn't one of them have the plot for a Dan Brown novel? One of the uh, 
Lang, Lang, Langdon, Lam, Lamden, or whatever his name is. Robert Langdon. Is that his name in yes. Dan mm. Brown books? One of them's got the same plot as one of those novels. And obviously Dan Brown's came out second. So he's just copied National Treasure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but this one's going to have... It's not Nicolas Cage, but it's going to have uh, Justin Bartherback as Riley. So there is a connection to the... the uh, I can't even remember to the films at least. I might, I might rewatch them. I remember, I remember not liking them as much as like the Mummy and stuff like that. I never thought. Oh no, it's, it's not as good as the Mummy, but I know I still kind of like the first one. It's schlocky mm. but fun. I might try, I might try it again. Uh, something I'm looking forward to: the new trailer for Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Oh, mate, the concept that, that they've got, the, the the themes that they've got on this is fucking sensational. Yeah, I'm excited. And the fact that already they've shown Myron. Um, for for non nerds, that Sauron is in his elf form. Fucking bang into this! This is fucking fantastic shit. The Deceiver deceiving the elves and man, it's the best time period. Oh, again, it's it's a massive this. IP. They they've got to be very careful with this, otherwise, you know, if it's it's not going to hurt the original movies. But it's just such a big thing. They need to get this right. They really mm. do. This is in my opinion. It's, it's just it's just so fucking cool. Like. This is the age where the dwarfs started coming from underground and stuff like that. This is like a proper tumultuous... It's the second age, isn't it, this one? And it's... Oh, I just oh, I fucking adore this. It's like from Children of Huron and Silmarillion. This is really good fucking rich Tolkien shit. The adult stuff, yeah, not the be, kid stuff. It could be bigger and better than Game of Thrones, you know, having that mass yeah. appeal, you know. And Gladwell's in it, isn't she? Yes. She's in the trailer. So, the next one I did not see coming um, was the original Gremlin star Zach Galligan will return The Secrets of the Mogwai. Mate, I've said it before on this show Gremlins 1's a masterpiece, Gremlins 2 is just a laugh. But it's one of those IPs that just never, nothing's ever happened since then. And I don't understand because it's ripe. Mm, it's a TV, this is a TV show as well, so yeah. give it the uh, Cobra Kai treatment. That's what I say. Everything should get the Cobra Kai treatment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything from the 80s that you revive, yeah. give it the Cobra Kai treatment. So good. Something that should stay dead, though, is Tales of the Walking Dead trailer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. A, Rick Grimes is back. Why? I like Walking Dead. I'm, I'm up to date with never, Walking Dead as well. Died. <laughs> Just yeah, they're bringing everyone, Yeah, everyone said, "How's he back? He died. He didn't die <laughs> at all. He just went, went away." So, how many I, things I like now are coming Dead. out for Walking Dead? Because there's was there a couple of films coming out with Grimes? There's a, there's a spin-off with uh, Norman Reedus in it. I thought that got cancelled. It was Darren also cancelled. Yeah, was Fear Fear the Walking Dead. That was a thing. I think that's still is a thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's not good though. Fear the Walking Dead. Um, no, it's inter- interquel. It's, it's going on at the same time. This, I think, this TV show, Tales of the Walking Dead, is superseding the Rick Grimes films. Right. I like Walking Dead show. It's not. It's not fucking sensational or anything like that. It's dumb and it's drawn out. It should too be dumb. That's the problem. Every every season just ended up being the same thing, but just in a different yeah. pl- location. 
Yeah, it did. Like, we're comfortable. Oh, no, the walls have come down. <laughs> Move on to the next place. Oh, no, the, the same next thing's one. We've lost, again. We've lost a main character. What are we going to do? We'll bring on a new main character. Oh, no, oh, it turns again. out the humans are the monsters after all. Oh, yeah. no. After all. That, mate, it's they nice. discovered that in first series. <laughs> it's a nice community that we've found. Oh, no, it turns out the leader is an absolute bastard. See, yeah. They seem really trustworthy. Yeah. Mate, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever kept up with Walking Dead, but you know how, how Negan was the big, big, big bad. Doesn't he become a good, big, big good? He's 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 now like the main character. He's a goodie. He's Rick. <laughs> <laughs> and people still say to him, "Remember when you bossed Carl's head in with a fucking baseball bat?" <laughs> Even there's that. I'm a goodie now. Stop Boy mentioning that. it. Oh, I'm sorry. Stop. Not not Carl Glenn. Fucking hell, I was getting that mixed up. But yeah, he's, like, he's always saying, like, I'm a goodie now, I'm a goodie now. You still boshed his head in. <laughs> you know I mean? Still did it. Still, the, the best thing that came out of The Walking Dead were the uh, Carl memes. They were fantastic. Carl. 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 <laughs> Sorry, spoiler alert, he's been dead years. And finally, Keanu Reeves' Berserker anime confirmed for two seasons on Netflix. Berserker? Or do you mean Berserk? Berserker. It's not Berserker. Berserker. Oh, I know. I was just about to say they've just done a berserk. So, oh, berserker. Oh, interesting. Keanu Reeves. Mmm, great actor. <laughs> uh, next up, finally, could this be the end to wrestling? Vince McMahon has finally retired from WWE at the age of 77. I like retired, down. not kicked out. <laughs> yeah. Stepping down as CEO and head of creative. Stepping down. Stuck it's not down. the end of wrestling. Don't be silly. He's probably not had much to do with it for years now. He's probably just he's just a character for a long no, time, hasn't he? No, no, no. He's I don't literally know. Literally had an iron grip on it. Like Maybe it'll goes, be good now. Maybe it'll be good now. Everything now goes through Vince McMahon. Any he's still the major decision. stakeholder, isn't he? Still the major stakeholder, but he has no. He's got no creative, no creative yeah. control, no like controlling kind of. I bet he got a lovely golden handshake as well, didn't he? Oh, he got the oh, fuck. No, fuck golden handshake. I'm not going to go into what he did because it's no, just don't. an abuse of horrible uh, of power and just he's just a horrible bastard. Um, so regardless of that, he's pretty much you know he's pretty much responsible for the way wrestling turned out over the last thirty to forty years, directly or indirectly. Yeah. So the stuff that I like now is. It's down to him. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, fuck him. He's a piece of shit. And yeah, all those boot, boot lickers in the SmackDown crowd chanting, thank you, Vince. That's Stephanie McMahon come out and SmackDown like, let's lead you all. I want to lead you all in a thank you, Vince cheer. And they're all there shouting, thank you, Vince. I was like, fuck off. Like, Every, all, all the like wrestlers and stuff were on Instagram saying, thanks for putting me where I am today. And it's like, are you a bastard? <laughs> I mean, you got yourself to where you are today. Your talent got you there. This is the problem with people like him being allowed to retire rather than being sacked. Because yes. they can spin the narrative in a happy way. But at the end of the day, his abuse of power and his money, um, we don't go into politics, but let's just say that he supports the side that none of us agree with. Um, the Empire. He got into bed with the Saudis and he's held yeah. back numerous talented people because he's scared of making the next Rock, Austin, or Cena, someone who transcended the actual sport and left the company and got, and got bigger than them. And he's scared of doing that again, and he's just held people down because of it. So, yes, he revolutionised wrestling, and he created something that I, over 
have loved and still enjoy. But good riddance. Yeah, fuck him. Bye. Well, moving on to some gaming news. Uh, Nintendo has updated the timeline of the closure of the 3DS and Wii U eShops. They tweeted, um, as of the 29th of August this year, it will no longer be possible to add funds. And as of the 27th of March 2023, purchases will no longer be available. Yeah. Get that custom firmware installed because the homebrew channel has everything on it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck them. If they're closing it, it's time to fucking sell the high seas. You can download all the games for free. <laughs> it takes Apparently. 10 minutes to set up. Apparently. Uh, Only, if you you own own all the Only if you own them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only if you own them. Only if you own them. There's a few <laughs> Something that made me... items that uh, Biggie's snuck in here. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of things that Bond made me chuckle. Uh, Anthem, Bioware's doomed loot shooter, uh, was found to be a penny at GameStop. Fucking hell. <laughs> Mate, I play you that game that. every day religiously. You need to watch your mouth. What game are you about? Anthem. Oh, I can't remember it. <laughs> the the fuck's it. Anthem? What is Anthem? That's the Iron Man one, isn't it? Where yeah. Yeah, the Destiny style. That was good for about five minutes. It was a pretty game, is what I can say for it. I, I, I got it with my graphics card, and it was it's a very pretty game. But it was. It had that awesome dishwasher. trailer. Was like. Watch your six. Oh my god, this is a natural conversation that people have while playing online. Yeah, Had that trailer, didn't it? I love that shit, man. Thanks for saving me. Thanks, man. I'll hit you up in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shy. No one talks like that. So I was like, right. when you launch a game, you go, all right. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to go, yeah, kill him. He's down there. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I got a good loot. That's how it goes. Come <laughs> biggie. Uh, next bit made me chuckle. Um, a new report asked why the wallpaper engine is such a big hit in China. And it turns Fucking out... Fucking drop it, man. Porn. Of course it is. That <laughs> feeds the world. I'll tell you why. Because when you load this thing up, there's an option that says, do you want anime? And it's probably because there must be... A, well, it says it here, like 7.5% of the content is... Hentai, I guess. Is this because so, in yes, China it's banned? I have that unticked. Banned, I, isn't it? I do genuinely have that unticked. I don't fucking the believe it. Is shite. It's true. That mm. did make me check. Uh, you're right. You're right there with some China. Hatsunamika fucking straight up hentai tentacle stuff. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> Look at you. You're obsessed. It's, it's interesting that China has access to that because apparently a lot of their internet is uh, monitored. Yeah, they're not allowed porn either. They're not allowed. No. It's basically that their internet at home is like being at work. It's terrible. There's firewalls everywhere. Yep. And shite. Uh, and also, uh, following that, please press F for it. Um, respect as Guerrilla Games has announced the online servers, the Killzone, Shadowfall, standalone co op mode, Intercept, the PS Vita, yes. Mercenary, and the PS VR title Rigs is all being closed down as of. 12th of August. What I thought was really interesting about this, though, was... Nothing's really interesting about this! (laughs) No, let me finish. Because PlayStation Plus, this is the first time ever that Killzone's been available. (laughs) Killzone's been in the news. But because PlayStation Plus has just moved over on it, isn't it? extra premium, yep, and Shadowfall, first time it's ever appeared, and it's going to be removed. It's such a weird play by Sony. Yeah, and it's fucking shit! I just don't understand. But why are they taking away something that they own 
off that they just so they don't have service because, that people have because service. they're embarrassed they're, they're embarrassed by it because it's shit Shut up. it costs money to keep the servers up and if they're getting like less than 10 players a month or some shit like that why would they we keep are them 10 on? players the 10 of us are playing it <laughs> there's literally less than a dozen of you no it's me and my nine other accounts put that it down running. and just play fucking Call of Duty like, like the normal people that play those kind of games do for fuck's sake man Killzone it's never been good shut up now moving on this next this next bit really did piss me off because I was pissed off the first time this happened and now it's happened again so Persona 5 was released awesome game then they suddenly came out I can't remember it was like either like a year later whatever it was they then said oh Persona 5 Royale version which has just got some added content but you had to pay full price again for that. Yep. And they've now announced that Persona 5 Royal on PS5 will now not be a free upgrade. You have to buy the game again for literally, um, what is it, just an upgrade with the graphics, etc., and frame rate. I'm kind of, I think it's absolutely insane that you want to play that game so close to when it released. Again, it is like a 200-hour RPG. Even that's too much for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm still there's just. There's no way. This I'll never want to play in. Persona Five for the next fifteen years. I played it twice, but the original on Royal, it's too much. It's too big a game. Four's way better. It's a bit lot smaller. It's, inso- it's insulting it's to everyone that's bought it. If not the first time, the second time. I don't give time. a fuck. Yeah, I think. I think, no, I think I know, given that it's just a frame like rate. Of, it just given that it's a frame rate bump. That's about it. There's nothing extra. Yeah. Yeah. Wrong, the graphics very, aren't being very, redone. Wrong. Because the stylized no. to hell anyway. You don't. You wouldn't need to upgrade the graphics. It's cell shaded, isn't it? So yeah, who gives a fuck? Plus the PS4 version. If you're playing it on a PS5, runs at 60 anyway. It does, yeah. yeah. And you can get you can get Royal from like CEX for like 15 quid. Let's get that. If you've not played it, I mean, it is longer than you think. Trust me. Still excellent. <laughs> There's still this issue, isn't there, about paying for upgrades to PS5 version? Some companies will give it free. Others won't. I just think there needs to be a bit more consistency. Me, me and Gadget Starts mentioned me it last year when um, our Lord and Saviour Hideo Kojima relaunched the updated version of Death Stranding and Candy as well, and it cost us a fiver. Fiver, mm-hmm. mint. Yeah. Not arguing with that at all. That's yeah. how you do it. That's how you still get a little yeah. bit of profit. Well, you justify and... the work that, that's done to it. Yeah. Absolutely. What a, what yeah, a man. I, that I can that's why he's the Lord and Saviour. That's why he's the boy. Yeah, I'm with fiver. you on that. I don't think uh, this was candy that this happened to, but in Tiny Tina's Wonderland, a player got lucky and found a rather rare item with a 1 in 85 billion drop rate. I mean, I somebody I did the maths. Oh, good for them. <laughs> good for you. Good for you. If you're interested, the item in question was the Warlock's Amalgam of Glorious Purpose, and then it was a class mod. Not only is the item a rare legendary, but it's ascended too, and it possesses the perfect stats. And if you're and into it's that, also an loot NFT grind. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a proper loot grind that, and to get that mm. drop, that's pretty impressive. Mm. I don't know. I grind. I, I did grind for the uh, Zodiac Spear in Final Fantasy XII. Gadget knows. Oh, why? Why would you do that? Because <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Got you are it. A fucking idiot. Grinding sucks. <laughs> We're nearing the end now, so Michael Mann confirms his Heat sequel is already underway and will be, I don't know what this means, a very large movie. 
It's just full of what like plus-sized, plus-sized actors. That's what it is. It's just <laughs> big guys. Just big guys having a good big time. <laughs> I was gonna say, is it is it gonna be like um, like Kevin James headlining it or something yeah. like that? It's just big guys having a having a fun body positive time. Like, yeah, yeah, we do we do like a big sloppy joes. Let's fucking go. Heat, baby. Do you got Marlon Brando's corpse? Yeah. <laughs> a mountain. <sighs> yeah, weird choice of words. Uh, based on a book or a new novel. Um so yeah, looking forward to that. I, don't know. I, mean, I really like the amazing. first one. I, I think it's fantastic. It was, uh, what was it to well, do with well the, the famous yeah, story about the, the training that the actors went through and apparently Val Kilmer can reload a yeah. magazine faster than most of the military? Yeah. That, that yeah. shootout scene is like oh, it's sensational. It's perfect. It's like they, they, they learned how to do it and how to do proper tactical like changes and, and yeah. maneuvers and stuff to, so it looked as realistic as possible. Like just it's such a great movie. Um, if it's done yeah, with the same like love and reverence. Well. Like it's got yeah, if it's done, yeah, it's a bit like yeah. the Godfather Two style. Some in past, yeah, some in the past. If yeah. it's done with the reverence that um, that I, I've still not seen it, but Top Gun Maverick's done. So bring it on, you know what I mean? If because that's got, got a lot of respect, didn't it? They put a lot of respect into making Top Gun Maverick. So Heat is a nice beloved film. So I hope they do it. Michael Mann needs to do more films. People need to. Give I love him more Michael Mann. Yeah. Love him. Love him. Uh, moving on, we've got Netflix has uh, apparently lost a million subscribers between April and June after losing 200,000 subscribers between January and March. Uh, they're dropping oh, fast. Dying. That's what you get for raising the prices every five minutes. Or having and a you can't share accounts now. Work. Mm. I mean, can't share accounts now. It's a lot of people, but they still have 214 million subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not a massive percentage at the end of the day. And I it's think probably... something like the Stranger Things revenue has just like... Made it's them probably one that stuff. they factor in that or every year we're going to either gain or lose this X amount of subscribers. I guess it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's whether you see the trend continuing or not. Yeah, yeah. And like, they must have... Sorry, they must have accounted. Yeah, if they're losing a million a quarter, that's oh, going to yeah, be that's... worse for them, you know, consistently. Mm. But that's um, what I mean. They, they must have accounted for numbers dropping after um, lockdowns and stuff. Like, there's, there's not anyone in that, in that company that thinks, oh, I'm surprised this has happened. You know, people aren't at home anymore. So my um, sister was sharing my, my account that I was paying for, and I got the, uh, the dreaded text about two weeks ago, I can't access your Netflix anymore. I so it's problem. happening. It started. It start- I, know, I know they're incrementally changing it, aren't they? So it started the great and Netflix to, uh, culling of 22. To, to combat this, they just announced that uh, for Series 5 of Stranger Things, they're going to be announcing the finale finale which will be um, over a period of four episodes, and each episode will be released every 100 years. <laughs> keep me subscribing, because uh, season four was sensational. It's the only thing I'm sticking with Netflix for, The Witcher and that. And what's so, uh, the next bit uh, is a bit difficult to announce, because obviously it's all been very positive, but I just wanted to say that I actually dropped off reading some Marvel stuff. I was trying to get through the dark, Rain storyline, and I was getting really bored with it, so I wanted something completely different. So I started reading Judge Dredd uh, this week, and then sadly, it was also announced that Alan Grant had passed away, who uh, oh. wrote some uh, incredible storylines for Dredd as well as others. And uh, sad loss to uh, the comic universe. He's amazing. What a fucking legend. He's up there with Grant Morrison, Jack Kirby's, Stan Lee's, fuck's sake. Yeah. He's, he was. 
especially when I started reading his books. Perfect timing, little edge lord teenager that I was. Fuck, perfect. Oh, yeah, some fantastic book. Invented, invented the character um, Zaz, who fucking still runs to this day in Batman. Fucking what a guy. What a guy. Oh, yeah, fucking Zaz, yeah. Yeah, what a fucking guy. What a sad loss. Huge, yeah. huge body of work. I think I think I, I was looking at, I was looking on um, Comicsology and I think they're releasing a um, omnibus, a physical omnibus of some of his best works. I am buying that. Yeah, well deserved. Mm. 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 Is uh, that the news it. then, sir? Excellent, yes, excellent, excellent. Bumper Bump, edition. Bumper news. So let's fly through this Nexus. I know a bit's happened, but I'm going to start. Um, <clears throat> I played Who Wants to Be a Millionaire this week (laughs) 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 on PlayStation 5. It's a great game. I'm not very good at it. Um, I've been playing it more and more every day. Do you know what? It's got a really, really really good uh, loop to it where you don't unlock all the things at the same time. So the, the better you do, the more neurons you collect and you can unlock separate categories and stuff like that and I'm working towards getting my superhero category unlocked so I can start like my record is £32,000 seen on stream fucking hell that game's hilarious and the characters Stig the oh characters. my god that, that posh guy it was, it was just Ruben like, he's my main he's my main yeah, he's got most, oh man. most of my neurons his voice the, it was just like I am the best and most attractive guest it's like <laughs> He's the boy. He's a full on like just oh Oxbridge knobhead. <laughs> it's just oh I I don't know. There's something about how shit it is that I'm loving it, and it's a tenner still. It's a tenner for next like three weeks or something like that on PSN, and it's got online modes. I would recommend people get who wants to be a millionaire. It's just dumb fun. The questions are actually quite difficult. You've got to back me up, guys that watched me. There's I some mean, you lost the three hundred. Pound question. So. Yeah, because he didn't know the difference between discreet and discreet. <laughs> D- who does? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking bastards. But yeah, I got £32,000 and I'm proud of every pound. Uh, but yeah, I also um, played Stray, but we'll talk about that a little bit later, I think, because I think most of us have played Stray. The main thing I want to talk about is The Grey Man. The Grey Man. So, directed by the Russo brothers of the MCU fame and um, Community. Uh, it's Community, isn't it, that it did? Yep. Yep, yep. Starring whew, Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans. Oof, two very, very handsome gentlemen. Now, <clears throat> oh, how do I, I, I... Has anyone else seen this? No, no not a chance yet. Do you know what it is? A film, yeah, like a espionage film about a like an ex like agent or someone being tracked down by another one, something like that. I'll not spoil much of it. So Ryan Gosling is the main um, protagonist, and Chris Evans is the antagonist. Um, basically, Ryan Gosling was a prisoner. This is all happens in the first five minutes. Was a prisoner, and good old Billy Bob Thornton turns up and says, "I'll get you out of prison if you do some jobs for me." These jobs are. CIA jobs, but let's not let's pretend they're not. You know all that black ops stuff. You'll be the grey man. You'll be the man that no one knows. Your identity is secure. Then jump cut to fifteen years later. He's been doing it for years. He uh, goes to do a hit, 
Again, this is all in the first five minutes. It's a rapid film. Pace is mental in it. <clears throat> and um, he goes to do a hit. Turns out he's hitting an ex-grey man, one of his own. And a conspiracy unfolds throughout. This, <clears throat> this film is basically an MCU film without any superheroes. If you replaced Ryan Gosling with Hawkeye, you wouldn't know the difference. <laughs> That's and it's a superhero film without a superhero. Do you know what I mean? One of the one like Hawkeye or Black Widow or something like that. One of those. It's basically the pacing is is like it reminds me of um, Captain America, Winter Soldier a little bit, and Civil a little bit of Civil War thrown in there. Um, it's just constantly rapid. It's not <clears throat> it's not Jason Bourne like I thought it was going to be. I think Jason Bourne's got a lot a nice load of plot twists and. And downtime in a lot of Jason Bourne, hasn't it? Because he's, mm. he's amnesiac and he's got to think about stuff. And This has got no downtime. Fuck me. The pace is it's, it's frightening. It's just rapid. And do you know sometimes people are like, oh, pace is really slow in this. This is the opposite. It's too fast. I was like, huh, 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 huh. <laughs> <laughs> what's happening? Like the set pieces, <clears throat> the spellbinding, they're all uh, they're, not, not much CGI in it at all. And this is probably why it's the most expensive film <clears throat> that Netflix have produced. It's all physical. Your cars are flipping. It's just sensational. It looks like they're shooting real fucking guns, for God's sake. It's incredible. But <sighs> the only like thing that, can, that makes it memorable to me is Chris Evans. And I'm saying it right now. Chris Evans is one of the best bad guys I've seen in years. He is fucking fantastic as a bad guy in this. Camp he's Chris Evans. type, isn't he? Yeah, he's camp. He's got a little um, little moustache as well. He's mincing around the, the, the scenes. He's imposing because he's still fucking incredibly ripped and stuff like that. He's tall as... I didn't realise how tall Chris Evans was compared to Ryan Gosling. I was Ryan Gosling just small. Oh, Ryan Gosling's little. Yeah, fucking hell, Chris Evans is a giant in comparison. He's imposing, he's frightening, he's a loose cannon, and it's just this, I don't know, he's the only thing that makes me really like, he's the only thing that makes me like the film. I don't really like the film. But again, like I say, it's essentially a Marvel film without a Marvel character in it, even though a lot of the people in this have probably been in the MCU, especially Chris Evans, obviously. Um, I gave it like a... A six to a seven out of ten. It's not spectacular. The set pieces. If you're a big set piece person, if you like popcorn films, if you like explosions, if you like seeing a populace getting decimated by a machine gun, the collateral damage in this has to be the highest I've seen since Independence Day. I swear, <laughs> <laughs> everyone gets fucking killed. Just mowed down. Everyone in the scene just fucking destroyed. Chris Evans is the one to watch in this. Ryan Gosling's fine, but Ryan Gosling's one of those actors where he looks at a script and he's got like ten lines throughout the film. He's always he's always not talking that much in films, and it's it's that again. He just he just smoulders around, doesn't he? Looking looking sexy and blonde. But Chris Evans, fucking hell, I want to see more of that guy doing his own thing. I'd love to see him meet up with Jason Bourne or meet up with um, what's his name in uh, Mr. Impossible, Ethan. Even Hunt, I love to see him go toe to toe with those guys because he's up there with some of those those good action film baddies. 
He's Alan Rickman levels. Imagine Alan Rickman. He's his body and emphasis, but, but with Chris Evans' body, sorry. Alan Rickman's mind, but with Chris Evans' body. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's delightful. And that's what you should be going into to, to see when you watch this film. Again, it's on Netflix, so yeah. Um, it won't break the mould, but Chris Evans, man, get him into more films as a baddie. You wouldn't think it, but when you see it, you're like, oh, yes. But yeah, that's mine. We'll talk about the, uh, the cat game a bit later. So, Stig, what you been doing, boy? Um, I played the other released game this week. It was um, another? Yep, As Dusk Falls. is Never uh, heard of it. Came out on... Yes, you have. It came out on <laughs> um, Game Pass this week. It's a original... It's like an interactive drama from Interior slash Night and explores an entangled lives of two families across 30 years starting in 1998 with a robbery gone wrong in a small town, Arizona. Yeah, I think that's And it's, uh, it, it's basically, if you kind of like interactive novels that kind of, and interactive stories and games, that's what you're going in for. Um, the art style is very uh, painted-like, so no one, the, the characters don't move normally. Like they, It's like, like a scanner darkly a bit, isn't it? Yeah, you, you don't kind of move them around like you do in Life is Strange, you kind of watch. It's like an interactive comic. Yeah. So they don't even... It's, it's when they speak, I think it when they, speak they don't, like, the mouths don't move and they kind of jutter from one bit to another so you don't see them fluidly moving across the screen. They'll be like... They'll be in the, the middle of the room and then the next thing they'll move to the door and you'll just kind of see two motions of them moving to the door. And I'm not sure what the... It's like vignetting, isn't right it? I think it's is, vignette. I yeah. think that's the word. I'm not um, sure. There is, there is, a, there is an artistic state. It, is, it has got a word. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm enjoying it. I'm on to chapter three. It is my kind of game for like downtime game, this where you just kind of sit yeah, there man. and you do make decisions based on how you want the characters to interact. There is so many different branches you can do. You can play it as being kind of cautious or real nice, or you can be an absolute arsehole with the characters. You kind of mix between, I wish I had up. The details of the character names right now, uh, but the mix-up between the dad from one family uh, and the younger brother from the other from the robbers, and you kind of go between them two, making decisions based That's on cool. them. Uh, it also kind of has flashbacks uh, in the setup for the guy and his family and the troubles he's going through with his wife, and then you have. In, the stuff you flash back to the to the lad and stuff that's going on with his family and his dad and his mum. So it kind of builds a narrative behind everything that's going off rather than just being this one night, kind of find out a bit more about the characters and how they've got in this state. There is apparently a, well, there is apparently there is a co-op mode to this and I oh. believe how it works is it's up to like eight players can play this. How the fuck do they do that? So you can st- so you, I think you vote on the choice you want. So rather than oh, it being... Candy's been stung with that on that quarry game. Yeah, but I imagine <laughs> this is probably a lot cheaper. In fact, I just looked it up. It's on Game Pass, and I've already told my little squad that did the quarry with, I said, here's the next game. So I'm hoping it is multiplayer. Squad. I imagine it's like the Powerpuff Girls getting together. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I, I think that would be a lot of fun. I'd like to play that once I've like as a group once I'd done the main story because I'm not mm. one of these people who go back and replay and do different branches. Like that's what I chose. I'm happy yeah, with that. Same. That's... I usually stick with what I've what I've decided. Yeah. Uh, like, there's some horrible choices in this. 
mm. as you go on that it wants you to do. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to fucking do that. And I just it does that thing that Life is Strange does at the end, and it tells you who who did what, like percentage wise. And then oh, you can yeah, just yeah. see like who are the horrible bastards who did this. Awful yeah, Walking thing. Dead did that as well, didn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm like I say, I'm halfway through chapter three, the six chapters, so I'm looking forward to finishing that off. Um, nice, nice. Main thing is though, this bad boy arrived. What's that? <laughs> What's that little thing? Is that a Vita? No, this is uh, something much better than the Vita. This is <laughs> the Steam Deck. The Steam, Steam Deck. The Stream Deck. Steam Deck, you know what it is. <laughs> oh, I'm so a jealous. Handheld PC brought to us by Valve. Uh, it's a beautiful little machine, and basically, I can sit and play all my PC games on the go, uh, wherever I want, in bed, on the sofa, on the shitter, in a plane, yes, on a train. That's where you do it. Wherever I want to go, I can download the games and I can now play them handheld. That's so badass. The one of the best things about this is it being a Linux-based machine. You can put put yourself down to the desktop, and there are apps you can download which allow for emulation. You can put emulated games on there as long as you uh, own them. And yep. the 3DS library. So it's it just like the Vita then. This, all this back. Mm, to, I yeah, don't think so. But it's got Steam no, on it, mate. <laughs> like, I could literally do this by four clicks rather than having to hack <laughs> the thing <laughs> i have the ability it's an app on there the heroic app means i can now access my epic game library and my gog library uh yes. you you can set up uh xbox x cloud gaming on it which runs amazing i've played guardians of the galaxy on this thing and it did not skip a beat like it ran that's sensational smooth. uh microsoft even have a guide online for how to set this up so it, I can see them developing a native app for this very soon because if they're doing guides, it seems to, to be the, the the new official oh. way for that, doesn't it? It seems to be that the, the Xbox have seen this and gone, that could be our official way. That could be our little in. Oh, of course it is. Rather than going, rather than spending Play time on your and phone. effort to <laughs> make a machine, you're like, well, Valve yeah. made a machine here. We let's, like Valve. We're friends with Valve. Let's launch an app on it, and it's done. Like Valve are literally Genius. happy for you. If you want, you can uninstall Linux and put Windows on there, so you can actually install the Game uh, Game Pass app on there. I'm not going to do that. I can't that's if you're insane. Bother to do all that. Linux is better than Windows. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to stick to what's on there and what's offered. Um, I've downloaded a few games on there now. Spoiled for choice because I'm looking at it going. Oh, which game do I play first? Uh, oh, yeah, so when, play, when sure. are you going to play? When are you going to play Final Fantasy on that then? Uh, I have Final Fantasy. Uh, this, I have the NES and the SNES Final Fantasy on there here at the moment. Good man, yes. What I did find out though was when I put all these my NES and SNES games on there, and I was going through them all, and I was like, ninety percent of these are shit, aren't they? I started playing all these old games and like jumping in on stuff, and I was like, these are just bad. And so I'm going to go through it and just curate. And that's what make that's what I was saying to to you the other day. Me me and Biggie do that because we, we we like this kind of scene. Uh, yeah. We just see if it can run, and then we just don't play it. I've spent Yay. more time fiddling around with stuff on this, setting up at ro- uh, uh, the ROMs and setting up the emulation and giving, yeah. giving like custom backgrounds and getting things running than I actually think I've played, played games on it yet. Yeah. I've got, like, I've got like, so much. 
I've got 12,000 ROMs on my Mio Mini 2 uh, pocket, or whatever it's called. I've not fucking played any of them. I've just tested yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. I saw, I saw a meme which basically a pie chart is like 80% of the time fucking around with the settings, 20% of the time playing. Might have even been less but, than that, but that's but what it I feels like. I think that's like the, the fun moment. of it. It's like, do I want yeah. um, bilinear filtering? Do, do, I not, do I want CRT scan lines then? Yeah, let's have them in. That kind of mm. shit. I love that shit. It's fun. It's got anti-glare screen on it. So it, I could go out and play it. I you play it on the sunbed. Played it outside just to see what it looked like. Looks great. Um, yeah, it's just a, such a a cool little machine. It's got these little track pads on it as well. So it's got like a left and a right mouse button, so you can move. That's cool. The mouse around on it. It's comes What's the, with uh, battery life like. That's Not the good. only downside to it. <laughs> Would you expect life. it's so powerful? Cost if you're going to be if you're going to play play an indie game, you might get. Four, four and a half hours out of it. You're gonna play a triple A game. You you're gonna need a portable charger. Look, let's 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 be realistic. Like the switch is not powerful, and that battery's shit. You know what I mean? It's. Yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say you can only get a two hours of Breath of the Wild out of the switch. Yeah, at best. And I've got the second edition of the the, the switch, and it's still maybe three hours of Breath of the Wild a push yeah. Yeah. on what low light. You could lighting. do is it's remove just... your desktop PC out of the way, and you could get a dock for the Steam and put that there in the lounge instead. Yeah, I mean, I mean, be, that's what you yeah. can literally get a dock for these, and you could hook up to my TV, and that could I be could, our computer. I, I could um, play with a PS5 Wii uh, controller, uh, not Wii Mega, Switch controller, it? or an Xbox controller. You can hook any controller you want up to it and play that. Just put it. There's a little dock that my friend's bought. It says it works really well, so I might look into that. Uh, just like because that. sometimes I like having a desktop PC and I play online with my mates, but sometimes. After you've been at a desk all day at work, or you've worked from home, coming and then sitting to play a game on your desktop is a bit like, ugh. He needs his desktop for Valheim when that updates. It's got more yeah. stuff to add I to it. I play Valheim on this. And, and the forest. He needs, he needs it for his little, oh, his little games too, yeah. where, he, where he likes getting wood and stuff. He loves wood, that boy. He <laughs> yeah, loves a bit of wood. <laughs> well, I, I tried some big games on this to see what it was like. I, put, I played Death Stranding on it, ran perfectly fine. I was bombing around on that, the track. See, that's the thing. Death Stranding at that that kind of because you showed you, uh, it, that's immense on a hand. That, that's still it astounds me how it runs on a PS5. It's that beautiful. It's you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, you're gonna get a bit of graphical downgrade. Of course you that, are. Who gives a fuck? You've played games like Death Stranding or Red Dead Redemption Two or <laughs> Spider Man that's just getting re- released on Steam this week. And those yeah. games will play on this. And that's incredible. I, I played GTA 5 online on this. <sighs> and it's no insane. issues. Not one issue with connecting or any frame rate drops or anything. And I know that game's nearly 10 year old now, but it still feels me- like crazy that yeah. I could play GTA 5 online on a handheld device. Yeah. It's, it's mega, man. Does it, does it feel good to hold then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not any fatigue? No, it feels really good. I think it feels a lot nicer to hold than the Switch does because it's just a chunky little I think, the sw- I think the Switch is a little bit too small, personally. And I've only got little hands. I think it's a little bit too small. Not, yeah, not I- width-wise. I think the actual controllers are just shit. When I, when I saw where the button layout was on this originally, I did think, oh, well, you're going to have to stretch your thumbs all the way up to the top for the analogs. Mm. It just feels fine. You've got two Get little- bigger thumbs, in it. Yeah, you've got um, some paddle buttons at the back as well so you've got four paddle buttons at the back so if you have a game where you want a, a racing game and use the paddles for gears or yeah. 
shift and stuff like that going up and down the gears and you can do that it's, it's a crack in that machine expensive as fuck and what lie like and ridiculous to get hold of at the moment you gadget's got one pre-ordered and he's probably looking like next year at some point next year yeah so you can get to you can go to cx and get one for a thousand pounds if you want yeah you could yeah, oh, you or could do, that. Can do that <laughs> and you can put like a terabyte of sd card in this if you want it's mad that in it yeah you just it, the, the top one is a 500 512, yeah. yeah, and you could put. I've got another 512 SD card. The thing in is, there. You, you, you'd use that one terabyte SD card for all your ROMs and stuff that you don't want to use, like the solid state stuff on. Do you know what I mean? The actual internal. Yeah, I would do for that. You'd, you'd use that for that. I might. <clears> what I might start doing off the it, actual deck. What I might start doing is putting the bigger games <clears> on the deck, and then any smaller, yeah. indie, smaller indie games that aren't going to be, you know, as chuggy. Yeah. Like, like you're not, you're not going to complain that. at Hollow Knight being on your SD card. It's not going to make any difference. No, no. So, yeah, love it so far. Like, I'm looking forward to like getting to playing with it more and going on holiday soon. So it'd be nice little uh, <clears throat> see how it does on a plane journey. Make sure you get insurance whatnot. on your uh, on your um, luggage because that's expensive to put. I wouldn't dare go on holiday with that shit. Is that this? This thing's coming with me, like. In your hand, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's going to be in my, it's gonna be in my bag. I'm not going to put it in my luggage. I'd, I'd, <laughs> that would defeat the object of playing it on a plane. Play games on a plane. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't play games on a plane. It makes me sick. Mm, same. I'm telling the Vita with me when I go on a plane. I never do. I always like say I'll, 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 I'll pack this and I'll play this. I never do. No, I can't do it. I have to sit there. Even if it's a seven-hour flight, I'll just stare out of the window until I'm until I'm touched down. So I have to I have to grip onto the uh, the arms, otherwise yeah. that plane's going down. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like it either. I'm terrified of flying. Ugh, horrible. Anyway, before this becomes a Steam Deck podcast, Biggie. Oh, I had a bit of a retro week this week, so um, something a bit different. I ended up doing a bit of catch up on the iPlayer with MasterChef. Um, I'm not what? a very good cook, but I really appreciate the TV. Yeah, I just really appreciate <laughs> watching that show. I think it's fascinating. I didn't know it was still going. People. Yeah, I'm I'm looking back at the 2019 episodes at the moment. Uh, just really enjoy it. It, it. it is what it is. It's just. I feel like that show people. was on when I was a kid. It was <laughs> in a different format. Yeah. Yeah, but it was all like, and this is how we cook asparagus. No, no, no. Oh, it was, it was, like, it was fucking still... get that stew of dumplings in there. It's still a cooking competition, but it was one with Lloyd Grossman in there, and that weird kind of like black and red. Who set. lives in a house like this? Yeah, and now <laughs> it's him. now it's more yeah. like a competition show with like they have twenty people and they whittle it down. That's right. Does it have yeah. panning shots and and like tense music now? It's got to do, hasn't is it? it? Of course, of course. They're on with Greg Wallace. You're watching, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Australian versions miles better. Australia, Australian versions. Oh yeah, better. there are. There are they got versions. rid of the three uh, hosts on that for some new ones because me and Kurt were going to jump back in. I was like, oh, there's new hosts. Fair dinkum. Welcome to fucking like, Master Chef. Like, yeah, when Michelle Larue moved on, that was a real shame. But yeah, it's still the same format. It's just something simple and easy to watch. You know, you, you just switch off and watch it. Um, something else that I did restart was uh, The Sopranos. I've gone back to watching that again. And my I do God, it every, I do it every year, up. mate. I do it every fucking it's year. So good, just Best show ever stuff made. I completely forgot about. Um, yeah, just love it. It's such a such a damn good show. Um, and the only other thing I did was um, we've been playing Battlefield twenty forty two, as you know, but we got a bit fed up with the same kind of maps. They've not really updated um, 
Thanks so much. So a few of us reinstalled Battlefield 4, went back to that. and Which we told you to do when it came out. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. But we ended up going back to that, and it still rocks. And it's a good Such game. A great game. It's Such a complete a game. game. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's just, we, we're still going to go back to 2042, just going to bounce between them. But uh, yeah, just a really good, perfectly running shooter now. Um, yeah, it's yeah, great fun. But that's it. Yeah, literally. Battlefield well, I, I, I do have a question. What surprise. is it with you and like holding on to failed things like Killzone, <laughs> Battlefield? <laughs> you've got like, you've yeah. got that. I, I think you really like an underdog, don't you? you I'm really gunning do. for the underdog. That's what it is. Yeah, you're a kind, kind-hearted like, man. Biggie lives like, the sunk cost. Won't let it die. He's probably going to buy Anthem now after that news. It's like, come on, guys, we can do it. We can do it. I bet he's going to get Haze and think of some more <laughs> two human shooters. Mm. Two human. Blink. Yeah. Blink. <laughs> yeah, Brink. I went Blink. Yeah, Brink. whatever it was. Fuck it. Brink, Fucking Brink. shite. Yeah. Pariah on the original Xbox. Remember Ooh. that failed Halo <laughs> beta? Oh, yeah. Do you, remember, do, you when, do you remember when every shooter after 2003 came out the Halo beta? Yeah, none of them ever did it. No. <laughs> none of them beat it. Oh, dear, dear. Apart from Killzone 2. Fucking shite. Oh, Gadget, what have you been doing, man? Something Uh, more exciting than that, surely. Yeah, uh, so I finished reading a book this week. Stick, you're going to be very happy because uh, I just finished The Lies of Loch Lamora by Scott Lynch, and it's fucking brilliant. Told you, mate. Scott, good. Such a good book. Telling people to read this. And then no one ever does, but thankfully you listened and read it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was well, so a good this, friend. This one came about because I just finished the second Expanse book, and I basically I've been on a sci-fi binge all year. I was just like, I need something different. So the Lies of Loch Lamor is a kind of it's a fantasy novel um, set in it, it. It's a vaguely Venice-like place called Camor, kind of late medieval, maybe early mid mid millennium kind of uh, vibe to it. Uh, mm-hmm. The book follows the, the the trials and tribulations of the gentleman bastards, who are a collection of thieves who um, are master conmen, led by Loch Lamora. Um, it's it's a really interesting book of kind of um, kind of intricate social circles in terms of the underworld that they exist in, because um, the gentleman bastards are just one of a group of kind of criminals in the um, in the underworld called referred to as the right people. Who are mm. ruled over by a man called Kappa Barsavi. Um, and it's one of those kind of situations. He's the mob boss, they've got to give him their dues. Um, and there is a general kind of accepted within Kamor this secret peace where the the thieves and denizens are kind of usually allowed to get on with their thing as long as they don't fuck around by stealing from nobility or trying to fuck with the with the yellow jackets, the guards, um, or just you know, just just piss the normal people off. Petty theft is what they want to do. Um, so what do the gentleman bastards do? They break the secret peace by being master conmen and fleecing the nobility, like properly taking all of their money or every last white crown they have. Um, I like them. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're, they're yeah. They're, they're called bastards for a reason. <laughs> um, but the actual the characters characters themselves are they're, they're very charming. They're very lovely. The, the, the kind of the group of the gentleman bastards themselves they work really well together. This, the world is extraordinarily well written. Like it is brilliantly detailed. The world, um, even down to the point where it's like Scott Lynch has got names for days of the week, or um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like like festivals that go on in Camor. Um, I do like I do like that when when they've actually gone like like it always makes me laugh when in Tolkien, like one of my favorite fantasy writers ever, but he's still got 
February. January. Yeah. January. <laughs> He's like, why would he have a Gregorian calendar? Oh, yeah. Well, no, like, like, like Scott Lynch has gone to the far end of a fart here because you have, like, it, because there's a pantheon of 13 gods. Um, mm, or rather, that's what I mean. Rather, yeah. 12 gods, but the 13th god is the, um, is the, uh, the Crooked Warden, who is the one that, um, that thieves pray to. Um, mm. but, so each, each year of the world is in the X year of for this god. So sounds very Skyrim to me. Yeah. So effectively, every year is twelve years because it's that number year for that god. <laughs> no, I like it. I like. No, I like that. that that's when the, they've actually put some backstory in something. Well, the, the, actually, the, the backstory is quite building. important. The backstory is quite important because this the the book is kind of laid out as two two separate books effectively smashed together. One mm-hmm. of them is the kind of the grown up Loch Lamora um, and the gentleman bastards. Uh, dealing with a, a mysterious, a mysterious criminal called the Grey King, who is murdering the right people, and it's kind of working out how Ooh. to how to deal with him. And then that's supplanted with the other story, which is Loch Lamora as a young orphan who is sold by um, sold to the uh, to Father Chains, who is the guy that leads the gentleman bastard at the beginning of the book, and how how he is raised up, how he is trained, and all the ways like. The amount of training they go through to be the perfect—they they call it what do they call it? Face, uh, face magic or something like that. They call it. Not, it's not actual magic, um, but it's it's basically their ability to use any accent, their ability to affect any dialect or to to it's know deception rather than magic. Yeah, it's it's like the ultimate deception. Like you know, if they're caught and they run, they can go into a crowd, put a hat on, kind of walk differently, and they become a different person. That kind of thing. Like Darren Brown. A little bit, yeah. So it's all like there's a lot of psychology <laughs> behind it as well, but it's just really fucking well written. It's bloody good. And the last, I would say, the last three, three or four chapters, the big heavy chapters, last three or four chapters, I was absolutely fucking gripped. I read them in like a night because I just didn't mm. want to put it down because wow. the the pace of the story towards the sharp end of it is absolutely brilliant. Um, heavily recommend. And I've already ordered the sequel. You'll be pleased to know, and Stig as well. After the last time you discussed it, I used my Audible credit this month. On that very book, you'll enjoy it. Very so, good. You'll really enjoy it. That's getting really, listened to really well, narrated as well. The guy, yeah, it's got masses. It's it's got, got every every review's five stars on it. I've never seen that in a long time on Audible. It's just <coughs> full five stars. And on Audible, they usually review the actual prose of the actual recording mm. rather than the book, don't they? And yeah. I, I was like, wow, he, he does, wow. It's a go. lot of um, like voices for characters and stuff, but it is really distinctive. So you you know who? Yeah, yeah, who. yeah. Um, one of my favorite things about week. the book is just the way the characters speak to each other. Like they're so well mm-hmm. written, like it makes yeah. you laugh. Like some of the stuff they say, it's just it's just witty and clever. And I'll, yeah, I, 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 I very it. much, I very much like the bickering between um, uh, Callo and Galdo, the two twins. Yes, um, they're, they're, they they're particularly funny. The the two of them kind of batting back between each other. Um, and I am a, down to fuck with Locke Lamara, definitely. The, the action sequences as well, like um, Scott Lynch has got a really interesting way of um, writing sword fights. Um, mm. it, it, it's almost like when you... It's like when you read it, it's like you're watching it in slow motion, like the detail is that rich. There's a really um, interesting fight towards the end um, with uh, Jean, Jean Tannen, who was the, the fighter of the group. And he fights with a pair of axes that he calls the oh, Wicked yeah. Sisters, and um, John's it, class. Yeah, it's it, it's basically it's. I think it's referred to as the Wicked Sisters fight. It's quite near the end of the book, but that the way that fight is described, it's brutal and it's heavy and it's so fucking good. I think I when I was listening to the audiobook recently on 
and did that. There's a part in that, and I, I genuinely think I was just like, I was like, oof, like that, like I, I give that out a, like a, an audible, like just of how, yeah, because of how brutal yeah, man. it is. I'm down. I'm, I'm proper up for it. I can't wait. Two yeah. more books in that series at the moment. Yeah, he's, uh, he's writing big, the fourth, isn't he? He has. He said on Twitter about a month or so ago. I think this is what prompted me to tell Gadget to read it and re-listen to it. Is he's finally handed something in? He's been dealing with a lot of kind of mental health problems and stuff that it's oh, put, a, put a, a massive stop on his writing. But he's finally handed something into his publisher. He said something is like very close to coming. So waiting ooh. for the editors. Ooh, I can't wait for that. I might actually just read that one rather than wait for the audio book, just because it's get it done. Yeah. yeah, can't wait for that. Cool. Anything else there, Gadget? Oh, are we done? Uh, just the big thing. The big thing. Candy, anything other than the big thing? Uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to skim over it quite quickly, actually, because um, I want to get to the big thing. So This is a chunky the... podcast, listeners, as well. I do apologise, but... This is going to be an absolute happened. bumper episode, isn't it? So, it's the final of the, of the heat. Let's, let's just let's do it. Let's in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so remember, speaking of the heat, do you remember that really hot day last week where you just could not escape it? Yep. Are you fucking I, kidding? Fucking Tuesday, I went dying, mate. I went dying. 41 degrees. So we came up with a bright idea to go to the cinema to just take full advantage of their air conditioning and ice cream, basically. Mm, and yes. the film we chose to go and see was Where the Crawdads Sing, which is what I, I kind of wanted to watch it for a while anyway. Yeah. Um, and it's a um, based on the book by best-selling novel, novelist Delia, uh, Delia Owens. Also... I'm very tired today because of the big thing, so apologies if this this is going to be absolutely useless. (laughs) Um, So full disclosure, I haven't read the novel, or I certainly hadn't before um, seeing the film. I've actually started to listen to it on audiobook now, so I don't know how it compares in terms of um, being true to the novel. But I think the first thing I would say is going into the film, if I didn't know it was based on a book, I very quickly would have. There are some pacing issues that I think are uh, from trying to skip out what isn't needed and just stick to the main things. And I think there's probably quite a bit lost because of that. And then weirdly, there's there's things that are put in that don't seem to go anywhere. Um, so basically, it's it's the story of Kaya played by Daisy Edgar-Jones, who's um, a girl that's grown up in the marshes of North Carolina in the 50s. And she finds herself as a prime suspect in a murder investigation um, after the body of a young man is found um, in the marshes. There's uh, quite a lot of time jumps in the film. So where, where we start is she's um, in a courtroom and it's gonna, it goes back to how she ended up to be. So it goes all the way back to her childhood. And basically, she's been left in the marshes. Her family have all left her one by one for various reasons. Um, mm. And she's been left to bring herself up. And because of that, she, she does occasionally go into town. But because of that, people kind of, they shun her and she's a bit of an outsider. And they, they don't really fear her, but they're just kind of, you know, they just don't want anything to do with her. Um, it's, as a film, it's it's fine. Like I said, it had it has some pacing issues. Um, the main actress, she does a really standout job. The rest of the actors, it's it's not it's not bad. It's just not great. And I did have a little bit more to say about it. I'll, I'll probably put it in the Discord, but I want to get to the big thing, like I said. First hour drags a little bit. It does pick up a little bit in the second hour. I wouldn't rush mm. out to see it. I wouldn't rush out to see it in the cinema. It is a shame because um, th- this came up in one of my reading groups a 
a while back. It's like a New York Times bestseller, that book. By all accounts, the book's amazing. So I, yeah. I wouldn't say, like, miss the book. And like I said, I've started it on audiobook now, so I'll see. I'll be able to tell you how different it is. I, I, I imagine it's probably not too dissimilar. Um, hmm. But, you know, it, it, it's fine for a Sunday afternoon watch. You'll get sucked in. Just, um, yeah, it, if there's nothing I else on, you really want to I cinema trip on that, mate. Unless not you want to use their air conditioning. <laughs> no, no, I ain't got one of those passes that you've got. Oh, you know, the, the posh person passes. But Blow yeah, job pass. The main thing, and I think you're all going to want to chime in, is Stray. It's actually called Cat Game. The Cat Game. Cat Simulator. <laughs> yeah. That's good, wasn't it? Cat right, game. on to the main feature. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've been looking forward to it for quite some years, and it did get, it got delayed last year as well, and it just out of the blue kind of dropped within the last couple of months. Like, we didn't get a whole lot of warning, so it was nice. Um, mm. And I have to say, it's really exceeded all my hopes and dreams by a mile. Um, really? At its core, it is um, a 3D platformer, as you probably know, set within a cyberpunk city inhabited by robots. Um, but it seems wrong to kind of characterize it purely as a platformer, because when you do travel into the different sections of the city, you've just got loads of different gameplay elements kind of as you go along, some style, some action. Some puzzle solving. Um, so with that said, if you're not enjoying a certain part of the game quite so much, stick with it because the gameplay will be different on the next section. Um, there, there was one part where I was enjoying a little bit less and I was worried that it was going to continue um, with that gameplay mechanic and but become more difficult. And I needn't have worried. It was fine. It just it kind of moved It lasted on. two minutes, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, two minutes and then it was gone. It's not a difficult game. Um, there's some gentle problem solving. Nothing you're likely to get stuck on. The I sequence... did. I had to ask you for help. <laughs> well, you didn't I ask. Stuck. I gave you a gentle push in the right direction. It helped. It made me complete the game today. Oh, <laughs> like a I mean, off the shelf. It's, it's nothing. You would have got it eventually, wouldn't you? It's nothing you would have been no, stuck on for more than 10 minutes. I was minutes. walking around for fucking <laughs> ages. I didn't know what to do. You're um, me bastard head. <laughs> Action sequences as well, um, they probably won't take you more than a couple of attempts. Uh, one thing I, I actually know. should mention is, and this, this worried me going into it, there's no long drawn out cat death scenes. So if you fail, the screen goes red, the, the cat drops down, you can see him, so you can see him still breathing. Oh, you um, can die. Yeah, you can kill him. Yeah, I it just says try over screen. Yeah, well, you want to do it nine times because you'll get a yeah, trophy for it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I didn't die. I didn't die once. Right, play it again. I got stuck. Oh, fuck's sake. But yeah, no, I mean, if it, if it was anything too harry, harrowing, I certainly wouldn't be able to deal with it. What so killed if you, if you, you then? What, what could you get killed by? You get killed the by little... the little Zerk things. You get killed by the drones. Don't get seen. Don't get seen. I got seen. Metal Gear Master. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, visually, absolutely stunning. Like I'm, a, I'm gorgeous. a sucker for cyberpunk stuff anyway. Um, but the colours just look so vivid, especially in 4K. I just want to just reach into the screen. Just, just that kind of scenery is just beautiful. But the the best part of the game is that it doesn't forget it's a cat game. I had the best time just <laughs> just walking around, exploring the city, talking to people, but mostly just doing cat things. Like oh, you yeah. can scratch sofas, pop off paint pots, rub against people's legs. You can trip them Scratch up. The that was my favourite bit. Scratch the carpet, trip people up. You can make biscuits yeah. on the carpet, curl up into a little ball to sleep. Um, Blue 12 absolutely understood the audience. You can't thing. shit or piss, though, can you? I no. mean, it's not a long game, so you might not need to. 
No, <laughs> that's good. I was, was kind of looking. Box. <laughs> I was kind of looking for like, can I poo and make hair, a hairball? Should, should have bought that. Yeah. Yeah. Hair hair I, yeah. I, I did enjoy chasing the the trophies for like the just being a dickhead cat things. Yeah, like oh, I love that. Like there's one where there's like, a couple. I'm of, only two trophies away from platinum in it. There's one where there's a couple of robots that are playing like a mahjong style game. And yeah, you can jump up favorite. on the table and wreck it. Yeah. <laughs> they go um, mental, don't they? That. Yeah. I don't understand how the robots, robots can act more human than humans in games do. Yeah. It's or, just, oh, it's did just you like? Uh, did uh, it's not really a spoiler. Did you like the subplot that it was like? Because this is what I know. Because, like I said, I completed it today. And it seems like it was a um, a lockdown analogy. I noticed from that. What, but I, what I we wonder. all lived through. Yeah, I did because yeah. I did notice that, and and it was funny that the cat was the only free life form in the entire mm. game. I, th- I, I don't like know that. if that could have just been coincidence, though, because it's, it's been in development because they started in 2015. Yeah, but at the same time, the, there were oh. potentially one or two lines added in that may have just made it in at the last minute. Yeah, yeah, and I, so I, I went, when I, there, there was a few, there were a few moments where it was literally like, I can't wait for this lockdown to be over. That kind of thing. I was like, yeah. Mm. but yeah, I, my, I went. Go on, sorry. I was just going to say, forgive my ignorance, but I assume that um, they either took a lot of film footage of cats or motion capture. I imagine the animation, of the actual cat itself, was. Spoiled. They're, all, they're all cat people that yeah. made it. They're actually, all proper cat actually, people. There is a cat. Actually, you, you, you'll, you'll love this, Biggie. The um, the yeah, there's a cat. The cat that the, so there is a cat that did the voice acting for this cat, yeah. <laughs> but the, cat. the actual inspiration for it was the developers' cats. Murtar and mm-hmm. Riggs. Yep. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah. But like when I first when I first booted this um, this game up, like both my dogs went ballistic. My cat was enraptured by it, like everyone else's cat. Um, what I did, I liked that. I never got chat because it's it is a brief game. I think it took me like four hours or something. Yeah, total. it's about a four or five hour game. Mm, I think but it took me eight because I was wandering around doing cat things. Yeah, I mean, if you if you are a, a trophy chaser, I reckon it could be a, a ten hour game if you really push in. But I think I I never got bored of any one moment because I didn't have time to get bored, and I think the pacing's fantastic. I also really like the fact that. Because at first, when I first started playing it, I thought, oh, I'm just going to be a cat that annoys people that can't talk to me. But the, the, the hook where you have a little robot mate, um, he he translates stuff. And I'm assuming he's speaking cat back to you because you listen to him. Do you know what I mean? Because if I told my cat to go and find me a battery, it wouldn't come back with a battery. I mean, it's not really explained. He's a clever kitty. Trying not to... It's probably not spoiling it, but for the same reason that he knew how to communicate with re- the robot, knew how to communicate with the other robots. I reckon he's speaking cat, mate. Yeah. But yeah, he's, I, I do like that there's no real voice acting in this, apart from the cat, obviously. And at first I thought it was going to be cat in peril because there's a big cat in peril moment at the beginning, and it really made me sad. Mm. But no, it's not, is it? It's, it's, more, a, it's more an expression of theme and... Um, Expression of freedom, isn't it? And I fucking, I think it absolutely nails that. I think, I, I think it's, it's an absolutely lovely. It, it, it does have potential to be some people's game of the year. And it's, it's mine for sure. Yeah, I said to I Gadget can, I, last night it could be even in, in my top ten of games yeah. of all time. I can, I, I, I couldn't argue with someone for that. It, it, it didn't do enough for me to like change the mold in that kind of narrative. But I, again, I never. 
There were never a second I were bored, and not many games do that anymore. I think it, I think, you know, it's there's a trend to make to making games as long as they can be, and it's put as many side quests and these repeatable quests, but. It just goes to show that a game doesn't need to be that long. To, no, it doesn't, does it? Like, there was I enough of it. a story that it didn't start to drag, like you said, and mm. within, maybe like, four or six hours of story, it really packed an emotional punch as well. Like, you don't again, need all this time to, to bond with characters. If it does everything it needs to within the t- time frame, you don't need yeah. all the extra gum. Hey, we, we, it should we, always we're be quality seeing... over quantity. Mm. It should be, but it never is. We, we, we're also seeing a resurgence again of good ginger representation in game characters. We had <laughs> Cal Kestis in Star Wars. We've got Cat, good ginger. I, I like seeing it. It's good. It's good for the for the uh, medium. More gingers in games. I, think, I feel like people I, I agree with me. Game, on that. I knew this game would be great. I literally yeah. the first time we saw it, I said, "I'm that's one of the f- games that I want to play. I can't wait to play that." Just like literally it's sensational playing as a it's cat. Just, just, so simple of an idea, but so much fun. And the way they've nailed the actual mannerisms of a cat is yeah. the way it jumps, it, the way it lands, it, the little the bit at the very beginning where as you like he, rub he, up against he's with his family, and... he's with his cat family. He's the cutest thing. I know. They're all just running in and out of each other like cats do. They have a little fight, they curl up together. Oh my yeah. god! You have, a little, you have a little drink out of puddles. And... Yeah, <laughs> the beginning's sensational. There's a moment quite early on when you find your little robot buddy, and he's like, "Oh, I need to come with you, but I, I can't. My, my batteries won't last long, so I'm going to give you a little backpack so I can fly along with you." Oh, and when he, he's he puts, walking, <laughs> where he puts it. So he put, puts this kind of harness thing on the cat, oh, yeah. and, and it just, it, it just it immediately just the cat like freezes up and just flops onto the side, like, like my cat, cat does, does. If I put a yeah. harness on him, and Mine then gets up, gets up and starts walking away with like his hind legs like proper dipped for like for ten paces. It's like, yeah, these guys get cats. Like it, the fucking, behavior I, is fucking brilliant. I did see I it on Twitter again. You're part of it. I did see this on Twitter where people were moaning that, oh yeah, we get a great cat game, but we haven't got a good dog game. It's like fucking hell. This is as bad as saying I don't want to play as a girl. How, how many cats have a moment? How many games have a dog sidekick? Oh, yeah, exactly. is the best dog game. <laughs> you got Riley and Call of Duty Ghosts. What more do you want? <laughs> we have the, only, got actually, games. the only cat mannerism that uh, I haven't got very far in it yet, but there's one point where it does. Um, Kind of puff up. It, well, that's the thing. It doesn't puff up. He, he goes up on and kind of puts all these heckles. This is yeah, yeah, the but heckles. The, yeah, but the fur doesn't puff up. And I was like, oh, mm. I wanted it to like proper go. Yeah. Poop, it does on PS Five, mate. Like when my when my um when my cat does that, like the tail goes. Like, yeah. Her yeah. tail goes from this little thin thing to just being like this massive a weapon. Yeah, brush. <laughs> Well, I will say that there's sorts of little manners. My favourite one that I encountered, and it was it was only when Pip pointed out to us that I actually noticed he was doing it, and it's just such a typical cat behaviour. Is um, I was I was running around and I found something that I was looking for in the game, and when you're kind of exploring, his tail's up. Mm. Yes. Yeah, I noticed and, um, that. Yeah, and that's that's obviously that's a sign of a happy cat or an interested cat when yes. their tail is up, and it's just like oh, yes. they, they have really got it down. So I'm I'm really yeah. happy with. It. I thought it was a fucking brilliant little game. And the soundtrack, soundtrack is banging some huge yeah. synthwave tunes in there. I was going to say that this is one of the first games I've played in ages where I didn't listen to a single podcast or anything. While oh, no, it's a it. good soundtrack. I was just in best cyberpunk game ever made. Yeah, yeah, I can say that. 
I can absolutely say that. And the the the, the, uh, the last thing is like the little shortcuts in in the levels where you get to sit in a bucket and ride down. It'll just oh. really really cute with these little paws hanging over the oh. edge. <laughs> and it the fact that you can meow cute. at any time, even in cutscenes, and you can make the cutscenes better by meowing. Yeah. Mm. If you oh, yeah, if you are a cat lover though, and I, I, I have a testament to this because uh, I, I Candy was playing it last night after we'd finished our D and D recording, and she was getting to the end of it and finishing, and I said, um, you know, it's a mascara warning. And yeah. I have a series of pictures of Candy's mascara getting further and further down her cheeks. <laughs> Mate, um, it got, it got, that ending got me as well. It, 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 Just, yeah, no, let's, let's talk of the ending, please. Yeah, I, I know, but all, all, all I'm saying is if you're, a, if you're a mascara wearer, when you get to the end of the game, make sure you take it off. Mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. This podcast has gone on long enough. Let's end it. I'm joking. It's time for the final Topic of our summer extravaganza. We are going to talk about heat. The heat, not the film, the actual temperature. Films or mediums that's got a real emphasis on heat, hotness, sweating, all in betweens. So, who's the hottest of the of us all? I'm pretty warm right now, to be fair. Warm. <sighs> there you go, then, Stig. You've just nominated yourself to go first. That's fine. You've got to go at some point. Gotta go. Uh, so, uh, if there's one film in recent years that exudes heat for me, it's Mad Max Fury Road. Hot, hot, hot. Yep, this film came out in 2015. It's the prequel to Mel Gibson's films of the 70s and 80s, and um, I think just one of the best action films of the last, well, one ever of the best made. action films ever made, to be fair, yeah. Don't even have to quantify it within the last 10 years. Nope. It is just one of the best action films ever made. Um, but where it obviously fits in with this week's feature is the way the film looks, how it's shot, how it's edited, <sighs> everything just looks hot, sweaty. Sweltering, mate. Sweltering. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I was kind of looking up a few things as well. I found this said the original Fury Road was intended to be shot in Broken Hills in New South Wales, Australia. But after several years of heavy rainfall, it, the area started to bloom with wildflowers. Yeah. So it made it unsuitable <laughs> to film as a waste a wasteland. So they yeah. moved it to we need a desert. the deserts of Namibia. Uh, it's a coastal yeah. African country where they have uh, sand dunes measuring 1,000 feet high and 20 miles long. Frequent sandstorms and intense heat required special precautions by the camera crew. <clears throat> and each shows because... In the actual like film is it's filmed in this hot, dry location, and you really get a sense of that when you're watching it. Like I said, everything looks hot, everyone looks sweaty. Uh, even like even the vehicles look like they're sweating. You know these big, huge, bulking metal monstrosities that they've made with mm. uh, where everything just it looks like if you touch them, you would burn your hand. Like the, all these engines just in this, you know, you know when they have the engine at the front like a Dom Toretto style. Yeah, V8. Yeah, and they've oh. all got stuff like that going on. They've all got these exhaust pipes just flowing freight flames everywhere. And Witness and then, me! <laughs> on the top of that, you've got... There's like a sepia colour grading over the top of it all to make it just look even hotter. Uh, and it yeah. just makes this... It's a post-apocalyptic world, isn't it? Where and it looks It's gen- post-post-apocalypse. It genuinely looks like hell on Earth. Like it's, It looks... It's scorched Earth isn't it? It's Water just... it, as a resource is more valuable than any other. Yeah. It's and, sensational. And the, the big set piece with the sand uh, storm, like the, the huge uh, storm that comes in, 
that just makes it look even more of a hellscape. Uh, it's yeah. such terrifying. Huge sand tornadoes. There's lightning crashing everywhere. There's pretty vehicles just bursting into flames and blowing up everywhere. It's it's just fire. It looks red art. <laughs> it, it, it does. I think it just looks red The guy hot. on the guitar, the flames come out. It makes Ramstein look fucking cool. I was going to get to that, yeah. Cool. I was saying, like, it, with all the explosions and going off, uh, there's mm. just and flames and stuff. Like, this film just, it loves flames. It's flames bad, in bad. the coming out. You know, when you think of something that's hot, you think of flames as well, don't you? Like, fire. fire. And there is fire all over this film, whether, like I said, it's coming out of the engines, out of the exhaust pipes, where it's coming from a guy with a flamethrower on the end of his guitar, stood there in front of this huge, <laughs> uh, like, sound system on top of this. He's got a big jumpsuit on, like, Slipknot it's as well. <laughs> absolutely incredible. Like, the, the, the imag- imagination to come up with this stuff is just incredible. Um, Tom Hardy said that... Uh, this isn't a film when you're watching this, you're inside uh, his head. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Frank Miller, isn't it? Frank, George Miller. George, uh, George Miller, sorry, yeah. George, he said you're just in George Miller's head, like you're not in the film. Like it's just everything that's just whirling around in his head. He's Which is mad to think because he is an screen. OAP. <laughs> yeah. He's not a he, young man. No, but he's, you know, they're working on two sequels, well, a prequel and a sequel to this I, now as well. The only thing so. gripe I've got with this film, because I, 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 again, I think it's a fucking masterpiece. I wish they had the balls to just call it Furiosa. Yeah. Yeah, but that's coming now, isn't it? So Yeah, because it it's not her, a Mad Max film, is it? It's definitely more her film. He's like, just he hardly, in it. <laughs> he's just in it. He hardly speaks. He mumbles a lot, but he looks fucking just, like, he's just got that... He's the new mask um, on where he's held prisoner and yeah. sweating all the time. It's in on the on the Blu-ray. There's a there's a um uh, you know behind the scenes and there's a scene where uh, Tom Hardy's got off the bonnet and do you know where he's got like like that that like uh, top on that it's, it's like yeah. a weird like burlap chuffing top or something like that. I don't know but he takes it off and he rings it out and it just. Tom Hardy sweat. I'm not Tom surprised. Hardy you could sell that shit on eBay. I bet, as well, Tom I bet so many. I bet so many of this cast and crew just had to get like pulled, up, pulled out of the like. <laughs> yeah, and when I've been to the gym and it's and, it, and I've got my bloody body warmer thing stuck to me, I'm like, Kate, you're gonna have to peel this off me. <laughs> Can you get my leotard off, please? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like I say, everything in this film looks and feels intense. The landscapes, the huge uh, trucks, vehicles, the flames, explosions, mm. the sand. It it makes you want to be at the bottom of that waterfall that Martin Joe dumps oh, on everyone. God. Yeah. But it, even yeah. at that point as well, like you look at the people and they are dry, they're dirty, they're cu- their skin, it, the lips are all cracked because it's just... Hot. That water looks warm. Extremely though. fucking <laughs> hot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, right. I just couldn't think of like a film that was... I've got some good ones that I want to mention. I'll mention in the green room, uh, but yep. this film was just... The heat is there from the beginning to the end. It yep. isn't just There's lots set, of shots of just the sun just as well. Setup, just like, yeah. yeah, it's just to, just, to, just to hammer it home, there's a fucking sun up there. Have you seen a cloud? No. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen any shade? Because there's no fucking no. shade out in the desert. <laughs> no, and you're I do all like the juxtaposition up, with, each the, other with, the, with the night time though. Uh, it, is, it is cooler, and people have got um, 
you can see the goosebumps on their arms because deserts get cold and stuff. I, yeah, I do, do get... like that. And then it brings home the heat at the very at the finale. Yeah, oh, it's ridiculous, aren't they? I need to rewatch are... that movie again. What a Just... stupid fucking biome, a desert. What it a is. stupid <laughs> thing. <laughs> Make your mind up. <laughs> yep, that's mad. Excellent. Excellent, excellent. Biggie! So I went in a slightly different direction, but bear with me. Um, I want to talk about J-Lo. <laughs> so for me... <laughs> <laughs> you being serious? She's up. There's a re- there is a reason. So for I'm, me, I'm, I'm I'm worried. I developed a massive crush on J Lo back in the day, and it made and it you was hot for two yeah? reasons. It was for two reasons because she appeared in two back to back movies, ninety seven and ninety eight. And the first movie that she appeared in that I kind of first was like, oh, who's she? Was U Turn. And it was directed by um, the Oliver Stone. It was an unusual even departure heard, for him. I've never heard of this. And I love Oliver Stone. Be, be, well, you know what? A lot of his movies are these sort of political dramas and stuff that he, yeah. he's generally renowned for. But um, this is slightly different. So this um, starred, it was quite a massive cast, actually. I'll run through a few yeah. of the big names. Sean Penn plays the main character, Bobby Cooper. What? Jennifer <laughs> Lopez. Nick Nolte, Powers Booth, Claire Danes, Joaquin Phoenix, John Vaughan, Billy Thornton, Julie Haggerty, Liv Tyler, and Laurie Metcalf all appear. Was this film being all my life? Christ, everyone's in it. <laughs> Fucking hell. And um, it was filmed during Bazali, November 96 through to January 97, but it was on location the in Super- <laughs> Superior in Arizona. And okay, sorry, was, I'm just, uh, sorry to interrupt, Buggy. I've just got onto the Wikipedia. John Voigt plays a character called Blind Indian. Yep. Ooh. <laughs> it, blind, it says Blind Man on the IMDb. Yeah, because they've reckoned it. <laughs> also, looking at the trailer for this, uh, it's coming up on IMDb. I'm not surprised that you uh, developed a crush on her. Yeah. So um, it was filmed in other areas of Arizona and California, including the Coachella Valley. And it was filmed entirely on reversal stock. I don't know an awful lot about that, but it basically gave it an extra harsh look to the hostile environment because this movie gives you heat. It is so hot looking in this movie. It's filmed basically in um, a sort of one of those Western type towns in America. It's a real hick kind of inbred characters. It's just, yeah, gnarly. Um, And the character Bobby Cooper is a drifter in debt um, to a gangster his car breaks down in Superior, Arizona. He's stranded and broke, and he ends up meeting Jake and Grace McKenna, a father and daughter who are also a married couple. Oh, um, they basically separately what films approach do you Bobby, watch, man? and they separately approach Bobby to kill each other for money. So it's just one of those kind of double crossing kind of movies. It's one of those films where you get shots lingering on the characters. It might be just looking at their eyes. You mean their ass? Like cockroaches crawling over the environment, snakes and spiders, all that kind of thing. There's cactus uh, or cacti with the sun burning in the background. The characters are sweating. Um, There's a running joke where um, Sean Penn's character, every time he wants to get a beverage, something happens and his drink gets smashed, knocked over, etc. You just feel the heat in this movie. But what was the standout for me was J-Lo in this poured, she's poured into this orange dress, cut mm. very, very short, very figure-hugging. She out. was sultry as hell. <laughs> and she basically owns the movie in any of the scenes that she's in. She plays that sort of 
uh, flirty minx character, which Jenny obviously is going to double cross him. But yeah, I thought she was fantastic in this. And then following that, she then went on to appear in Out of Sight, one of my favourite movies of all time, um, which was directed by Steven Soderbergh um, and starred George Clooney, of course. And what stood out for this was that, again, it was a completely different against type character for J-Lo. She played um, an FBI um, agent in this movie. And it's a brilliant American crime comedy. If you've never seen this movie, you have to watch it. It's so, I have seen so it and good. I didn't really like it. Sorry, mate. Very clever wordplay. Go back and watch it again. You'll be surprised and realise yeah, how I good a movie do, it is. But what really stood out for me in Out of Sight was, again, J-Lo looking stunning as ever. But the chemistry between her and George Clooney, when you get certain you know, characters on screen that's supposed <laughs> to gel and have this connection, it is so there. The chemistry between them is so good. And there's a lot of unspoken moments, words, etc., where they look at each other. And the chemistry between them is so fucking hot. There's a particularly very sexy scene with them. They spend the first part of the movie in a boot, just chatting, because uh, they chuck her in into a boot. a boot when they escape. They, um, George Clooney is um, in prison and he escapes with Ving Rames. Ving Rames drives the car. As they get out of where they're escaping, um, Karen Sisko, which is J-Lo's character, happens to be just as they come out the hole. They grab her, chuck her in the boot, and Clooney goes in the boot with her and they have this really cool conversation in the boot. But the chemistry between them um, is really cool. For but again, our American listeners, filmed... it means a trunk. <laughs> <laughs> Not a trunk, show. whatever. But, no, you're um, right. Yeah, again... Saying. It was just, I thought the, the, the heat, the chemistry between them, so I took it on a different angle, but I just thought it was so good, the chemistry between them, and J-Lo was just so sultry. So for me, um, I just wanted to choose something a bit different and went with the heat from a character. That was no, it. Yeah, um, it. I mean, it's not really the remit, but... <laughs> the first movie not? was. Hey, when you're broken, Candy, she's pissing was. herself. <laughs> Um, I, do you know where I thought you might you were going to go with that second the second film? I said, "Oh, the, the first film is no anaco- anaconda." <laughs> anaconda, <laughs> warm in it. No, warm. yeah, it's warm I thought he was going to go with the cell and how she looked in it. <laughs> but I de- seriously, I seriously big recommend you to check it out. Have you ever seen Money <laughs> Train? Go and check U-Turn. You'll understand what I mean from the heat in that movie as well. It, it looks like it one of the, the hottest looking yeah, movies look sweaty, I've ever it? seen. Very, very much. And it's a really weird, hick movie. It's not Oliver Stone's best, but it's very underrated. It's a very unusual movie for him. I tell you what, it's a bit like um, Natural Born Killers. It's got that kind of vibe to it. Really weird Ooh, shots like and cinematography, yeah. things like, like that. that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's filmed in that kind of style. But um, mm. yeah, really hot. So uh, yeah, J-Lo. <clears throat> J-Lo's hot. You heard it here first. Oh, no. Absolutely. Oh, no. Candy, follow that. Follow I, I can't. I can't. I'm just, sorry. I She's bringing you. Ben Affleck, the other side to JLo. Absolutely sent by your take on the subject this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I thought it was something different. I'm the sexist man. No, of the I love planet. it. Just I mean, it was wrong, sorry, was but we're funny. allowing it. <laughs> it's right. You turn this on to me. We talked about the films. Uh, fucking hell, I'm hot now. <laughs> Sweaty from laughing. Anyway. <clears throat> Mine is not quite hot in the same sense, but I'm going with Rango. Uh, Rango was a industrial light and magic film, first uh, full feature length film. It won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature in 2012. Directed by Gore Verbinski, music by Hans Zimmer, stars Johnny Depp, Isla Fisher, Alfred Molina, Bill Nye, Ray Winstone, among many others. What a cast. 
Ray Winston. Oh, absolute banger. Ray Winston. Raquel, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you slag. <laughs> So Rango is a pet chameleon. He's, he calls himself Rango, by the way. He finds himself alone after falling out of a car. After wandering the scorching Mojave Desert, he finds himself in the town of Dirt, a town in the middle of a drought, um, and the water supply is just mysteriously disappearing. And um, to use the opening scene as an example to tie into this week's theme to heat, when Rango is ejected from his car along with a goldfish, the water from the smashed goldfish bowl just immediately evaporates from the road. He also Rango. hits the car from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And he's wearing the outfit that, that Hunter wearing outfit, is wearing yeah. as well. Yeah. And it's, it's Johnny it Depp, very... who played him. Yeah, exactly, his best mate. Um, so when Rango looks up at the sun beating down on him and all the moisture on his skin just like immediately turns to... Kind it's of his eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's his eyes. <laughs> just kind of freezes in place. And uh, when he does finally break free, he finally gets a little drop of water onto his tongue and just immediately skulls him. <laughs> Um, but it's just a really nice tribute to old spaghetti westerns and there's plenty of Easter eggs and nods to them. I think it's one of those underrated gems. It got pushed aside a bit in favour of some of the Pixar films, which it, it's a shame really because although it's a bit drier in tone, pun intended. Did um, you know um, it's actually a, a remake of one of the old Japanese samurai films, similar to like Yojimba, I can't remember its name, where someone pretends to be a samurai. And he has I to had save absolutely no idea about that. Yeah, yeah, it's a remake of it, and it's it's sensationally done. Yeah, oh, they just cool. changed the scenery. Yeah, just changed it to a western. Yeah, but, um, it's brilliant. But yeah, I mean, the graphics themselves—they're sort of much darker, more textured, sort of real, realistic appearance than your standard three D photo, especially that was coming out around the time. And it's it's it, it scared my son. The, the film scared him. I can understand why because it's it's the bird. It's realistic, isn't it? The like snake the, and that. You've got the snake. Oh, what's the snake called? He's got a cool name. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, it's um, everything looks kind of dusty and beaten up and all the characters, they've got like limbs missing and ears missing and you, you just kind of want to know what's happened to them and that you can tell that they live in a rough, harsh environment. Um, I like the subtle details where they're just on edge of a golf course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. tiny, the little yeah. things. Well, there's little nods to them being like tiny as well because uh, Rango uses the loo. Of, uh, he's hiding in the loo from the bird, actually, and it's actually just a bottle. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so good. It's, it's so good. Well, all the characters just have so much. Well, they have so much character, basically. Um, yeah, I, I do. I do love Rango's design. He looks proper mental. Yeah, he's got like the crooked yeah. neck and the one eye bigger than the other, and everything. Yeah. Eyes are never facing the same way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, my daughter loves it. She thought it was brilliant. Oh, he scared I, my lad. My daughter's not seen it. She's not interested. Yeah. I'm surprised because it's, it's not really... I wouldn't say it's a kiddie kid film, is it? Like, it, no, it's, it's a family it's, it's film. Like, but it's, it's, it's like an animated film for adults, really, especially with yeah. the references from all the Western samurai films, yeah, yeah. Fear and Loving in Las Vegas. Like, a kid's not going to go, <laughs> it's Raoul Duke. Do you know they're exactly. not going to do that? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to do that, are they? Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it's just fun. It like I said, it caters to a more mature audience. But it's just it's just completely bizarre. Um, and oh, you do get a real sense of dryness as well. And from the Mojave, you got dust particles just all over the show. Um, scorched trees. The, the Mojave is Vegas, isn't it? Vegas, yeah. Yeah, conf- yeah far so. Far so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, mental. Um, yeah, just just a fun little hot film. 
It's hot, mate. It's hot. And hot, mate. the water effects in this, I still think it's some of the best animated water effects I've ever seen. Yeah. Because it really... I don't know if they call it that on this, but it looks like ray tracing. <laughs> I don't know what they call it on this. It's fucking sensational to say how old it is now. Yeah, 2011 yeah. it came out. I mean, it is ILM. They know how to do a bit of CGI, like. They're not, they don't fuck about. Mm. But, so, yeah, now I watched yeah. it this afternoon. It, it holds up easily. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see it. A new Rango, now that Johnny Depp's no longer a baddie. <laughs> mm, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to see. Cool, 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 cool. Gadget. Uh, so I am taking it away from films and away from J-Lo. Actually, you know, I was going to make a joke if, if you'd come to me after Biggie and say, well, my thing is wild things, but no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm heading deep, deep, deep dark back into video games because we're going to talk about Resident Evil 5. That's yeah. actually shockingly enough. When I went back and thought, I thought you know, I thought this was universally hated. Critics loved this. This is a really high meta score. It's the highest. Uh, it was the highest grossing Capcom game as well. Yeah, metal. Anyway, at one what? point. Yeah, Resident yeah. Evil Five came out in two thousand and nine. After was it was two thousand and five for Resident Evil Four? So kind of a four or five yep. year gap between them. Uh, this is the first one without Shinji Mikami. This one uh, completely, and you can tell, and you can tell. <laughs> Uh, this is the one where Chris Redfield goes to Africa to shoot a lot of brown people. And yep. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a racist game. The white man goes mm, and shoots. A little bit. The, 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 the African it lady. can't be racist. He's got a black partner. But she's like <laughs> really light-skinned as well that people very yeah. immediately noticed. Oh, God, it's such a shame, isn't it? But yeah, you're the, you're, you're the big buff American going shooting really poor people in the West African American freedom, country. mate. <laughs> I, I think he heard freedom. that there was oil there, so you know he had to go in like freedom free- from your lives. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yes, uh, the game is set in a fiction, the fictional West African country of Kijuju, where Umbrella are up, are up to their shady antics all over again. And Fantastic token uh, African name as well. Yeah, Even Kijuju. the name sounds like <laughs> racist. Yeah, well, the, and, and and the people that you're fighting are the Magini. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the game follows kind of almost directly on from um, Resident Evil 4, uh, where the yep. what was the last Plagueis parasite in that game has now become the Ouroboros virus. Um, this game is in Africa. It's hot. The, the, the one thing, the art direction in Resident Evil 5, for all the game's narrative and mechanical faults, the art direction in 5 really sells that you're in the, kind of the desert. You're in kind of poor areas. Oh, it's, it's, it's wobbly. The, the, it's you wobbly, can see the light bouncing hazy. off the ground. It's yeah. got it's got a kind of like washed out color palette, so everything feels kind of oppressively hot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You even when you do when you're at nighttime, it feels like it's still hot. You know. Um, yeah, it does. But of course, the big one and the thing that everyone remembers this game. This is the one that ends in a volcano because reasons. Because the hottest <laughs> place on earth, where Chris Redfield gets to punch a boulder in half to, so he can save <laughs> Sheva from. Um, uh, from no, Albert he Wesker's to, mutated to, he version. He punches it to use as a bridge, remember? Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's fine, Gadget, because he wasn't very nice anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good reference. If you want to know what we're talking about there, listen to the um, uh, the, the green room. Be a patron. So I'm going to talk about that then. Um, yeah, the mm-hmm. it's it's a very silly, very offensive game in so many different ways. <laughs> very offensive game. <laughs> But I will say, oh, it really does Battle sell being in Africa. Uh, I think it, it plays well. 
Yeah, it plays well. Yeah, yeah, fun to play. Fun to play it, not single player because the the no, as well as Sheva is terrible. Yeah, as as well as like you know, kind of slightly whitewashing Sheva so she doesn't really look like she's from Africa. Um, she looks mixed race, doesn't she? She very much does look mixed race. Um, they also they also gave her the AI of of a doorstop because yeah, probably worse because you know you, you know if you give the, your AI partner. You know, you you have a limited inventory, so you know you'll find a like the big gun or something. So you'll give it, you'll give it to her. I don't want to use it. I don't want to waste the ammo. What does she do? Immediately empties all the ammo into the enemies. Yeah, you've got like six spaces each, spaces each, haven't you? Yeah, something like that. You off, offload offload your healing items, so you've got more space for killing things. And what does she nah, do? She uses them every five seconds. She's healing you every time you lose one. Even at HP. full health. <laughs> Even at full health, she uses them. But if you play it in co-op, like either online or kind of couch co-op, it's really big, fun big experience. Laugh. As long as you laugh. can, as long as you can get past past sh- shooting African people, or go or going into the African bayou, which I didn't realize was a thing, um, and shooting tribal it's supposed people. To be, uh, it's supposed to be the wetlands of the Serengeti, even though you're in West Africa. Yeah, and but you're on hoverboats that you would find in the Everglades. Yeah, and and then you kill um, crocodiles, tribes, people, and crocodiles. Don't forget the crocodiles. Yeah, and crocodiles. Yeah, <laughs> and. And then, then, oh no, the game can't be racist because then you kill white Africans. Don't worry, guys. Oh, yeah. Killing them all. <laughs> <laughs> Killing them all. Well, yeah, the, 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 oh. the game does bring the heat because, yes, this is the one with the volcano where Albert Wesker has mutated himself with the Ouroboros virus, become a crazed monster. He has to kill Chris Redfield. That's all he exists he to do now. He wants global saturation as well, doesn't he? Ah, he's past the point of that. He just wants Chris Redfield dead. That's all he wants yeah, in life true. at this point. So he mutates Chris! himself, and you get the most. Ret- I remember the first time I played it, and the thing like, okay, this is Resident Evil. Resident Evil is very mm-hmm. silly, mm-hmm. but we're actually inside a volcano, and running yeah. around and on, on, on rocks in the magma. Yeah, an active volcano. <laughs> an active volcano. That's about to erupt. That does erupt when you when you manage to get out. It and does put erupt. Two, and put two yeah. rockets into Chris into uh, Wesker's face. Oh yeah. my god! Very very <laughs> stupid game, but very hot. Very very hot game. So yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. That's, super. I mean, it's hard to recommend it. it personally, I think it's the worst Resident Evil for, uh, game ever made. Uh, I, th- I, think I still six think six is uh, somewhat better. I still think six is worse. Oh, it's still shit. They're both fucking shit, man. I think both terrible games. Res- Re- Resident Evil Revelations. 5, Resident Evil Five, I can like hate play it. You know. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want some co-op action, play Revelations too. Oh, Rev Two, Rev Two is fantastic. Don't be an idiot. Just play that. Yeah, excellent, excellent. It's a hot, hot game with some hot, hot biceps in it. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, that is the other thing. The, the character models. You know, Chris. Chris does have like a thirty-two inch bicep or something stupid. He's like been that. to the gym since <laughs> Resident Evil Code Veronica. Yeah, it's, it's, Code it's, Veronica. He was a slim twink. Oh yeah. And then yeah. he's been to the gym. He's beefcake. And, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's even bigger in six, which is weird. <laughs> he's wider than he is tall. Specific, <laughs> specifically, so we can punch those boulders. And of course, in Resident Evil Eight, you do get that wonderful little reference back to it from um, Boulder Punching Bastard. Yeah, you call him Boulder Punching Asshole. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's oh, why they were tank what controls. A- <laughs> Not in that game though. That would have worked, but never mind. I'll allow it. Uh, yes. So um, it's just me now, isn't it? Just you now. I'm here to talk about one of my favourite films of all time, um, Sunshine, 2007. What's hotter than the sun? I tell you. Not very much. A bigger. Directed sun. Directed by a bigger sun. Yes. I'm on about in our solar system. Let's just count. 
the soul system for now. <laughs> Re- uh, directed by Daniel Bo- uh, Danny Boyle. Daniel, why did I put Daniel? <laughs> Danny Boyle. Giving him his Sunday um, name. Is he in trouble? <laughs> Daniel. <laughs> he's in trouble. He's in trouble with the back half of this film anyway. <laughs> Written by Alex Garland. Uh, He's got a lot of press on this podcast in the last few weeks. We should start charging him. Uh, uh, Also, um, scientifically advised by Professor Brian Cox, who I also love. Starring Killian Murphy, Chris Evans, Rose Byrne, Cliff Curtis, Michelle Yeoh, Hiroyuki Sanada, Benedict Wong and Mark Strong, to name a few. So, let me read the official synopsis and let me tell you how it's wrong. So... (laughs) <laughs> 50 years into the future the sun begins to die and earth is dying as a result a team of astronauts are sent to revive the sun but the mission fails seven years later a new team are sent to finish the mission as mankind's last hope first off again the synopsis is entirely fucking wrong 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 and famously uh, garland and boyle argued on how to market this film garland wanted a grounded like scientific versus faith in god narrative whilst danny boyle just wanted a sci-fi horror tale. And they met each other halfway, literally. And did both. And essentially made, uh, and essentially made two films with a very, very obvious halfway point that changes the genre entirely and scientifically. So the synopsis does state that the crew are attempting to reignite the sun because it is dying. This is wrong. The film doesn't say that at all. And I've seen this film many, many times, and I've done some research on it as well. Uh, this is what Hollywood intervention does to a marketing push. They're not trying to reignite the sun at all. They're actually trying to eradicate a cue ball, which is a real scientific phenomena. Uh, this is a form of matter which is basically stable at high density without fusion. I've done the research, guys. But also will not evaporate. So this causes problems with the sun, which is a self-regulating fusion reaction, as we all know. And it blocks direct light from our sun to Earth, forcing a new ice age, quicker than it should have been. Funnily enough, fun fact, this has happened three times in recorded Earth history. Um, well, not recorded history. I say recorded Earth history. When was the last yeah, time we had an ice we, age? Did I miss it? Yeah, we, we, we've, we, we've found evidence to suggest that this has happened three times and could theoretically happen at any time again. There's no signs of a cue ball happening. It can just happen at any time. So I don't know if you guys have seen Sunshine. I have. I love it. I think it's sensational. I think it's better than point. Event Horizon, personally. It's way better. So this film is, in my opinion, at its no. best when it deals with the mental health of the crew, especially Psych Officer Searle and the mission director, an ex-Navy SEAL mace, played by Chris Evans. He's getting, he's getting the love this week as well. With the knowing fact that they are literally heading towards the sun in a spaceship called the Icarus 2. <laughs> I mean, why would you a call a ship on the nose? That <laughs> yeah, it does mention why because Icarus did burn up in the sun, and that's exactly what they kind of want to do. Um, it's more than enough to fuck someone's mind up knowing that they're basically hurtling through space towards the greatest nuclear reaction known in our solar system. So yeah, you'd expect them to be a bit fucked up by that. And um, also, the film tackles the nature versus science hypothesis. If the sun has a cue ball, do we have the right to stop it? Or is it natural selection at play? And does fate need intervention? Who knows? Who knows? There's some good, good, like, moral quandaries in the film throughout. But my favourite aspect of the film is, um, like, humanity's evolutionary obsession with the sun. Like, 
Look at modern day sun chasers in Benidorm and the fact that like darkness is inherently seen as evil or blindness and uncertainty. Like we are we have evolved to be afraid of the dark because of the power of the sun. The sun is the exact antithesis of the darkness. Heat giving life and the sun dictating our natural body clocks. It's powerful in that way and it holds up fantastically to this day. Or at least the first half does. This is where it takes a nosedive. So Spoiler alert for Sunshine if you've not um, watched this film. Um, as I entered at the beginning of this, there's two completely different genres in play. Uh, and it's more or less directly at the halfway point. It turns into a straight-up slasher horror movie in space. <laughs> and it's very Hollywood at the end. It's not outright terrible. And in a sense, it's just at odds with the themes the movie starts off tackling at the beginning, which I just fucking love the beginning. It's the whole obsession is heat and how we need heat as a race to survive. Now, um, it gets its it gets it gets its aim. This is the um, it's like the individual individual struggle overall in a simple form, like. Um, like, what would you? It's all about sacrifice, isn't it? And these scientists and some are astronauts, some are marines, some are scientists. They know the chance of survival is very, very low, and the weight of humanity is on their shoulders. Like it states at the beginning of the film that the Icarus won the first. It, it, it's got lost. They never got a response, so the mission failed. This is the last of humanity's resources to power this one-mile-long ship, which the ship, I think, is incredible looking. It's got this big, like, like dome in front of it so the ship doesn't burn behind it, and it's a delicate ecosystem as well, which is incredible as well. It's funny how the heat plays into it and the light plays into it, but on the ship it's very dark, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Even though the, the where it would be the brightest. Um, now... My two favourite scenes are when the crew, uh, the first one is when the crew witness up close Mercury gliding effortlessly past the ship and backlit by the gargantuan sun, even though it's still millions of miles away. Can you remember that scene when they're just watching, and there is no dialogue in that scene at all, they're all just watching Mercury slowly go across what would be a horizon, but there's no horizon in space. I I fucking, I love that. I think it's such a, a touching moment. And my second favourite scene is Canada's death, in which the music ramps up and the sun is close to evaporating him completely because there's been some issues with the science and uh, one of the uh, science officers forgot to put the shields, change the shields trajectory and stuff. And the psych officer, Searle, which is one of my favourite characters, and this is not in it for very long, he's just on the comms screaming, what do you see, what do you see? Because he's become obsessed with the sun. And he's not concerned that he knows he's going to die. He's like, what? Because he's going to be the first human in existence to stare the sun in its face. Because every time we look at the sun, it's either through an atmosphere or through visors, but he's physically going to see the sun for, for the five seconds he's got left to live before he burns up. And, I, and the music, oh, I'll get onto the music in a second. Um, I've also um, got some science facts and did it check out I've done the research as well on this so a solar mirror based ship can in fact work and would get us to the outer corona of the sun quite easily and every scientist and physicist 
as agreed that they've got the science absolutely bang on on this. Why we'd want to do it is beyond me because there's no reason to go anywhere near it. Um, another science thing, artificial gravity. I don't think that checks out and no one agrees. It's still, it's still a bollocks, simple thing to make a sci-fi film. It'd never be able to happen unless the ship was the size of a moon due to like mass being the key. It's doesn't it? Yeah, and again, that's been scientifically, scientifically proven it wouldn't work. You need mass to create gravity, not velocity. Which is wild, isn't it? Because, yeah, a centrifuge would be good, but you'd just be pinned to the wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it'd be. He does it on a few films, that, doesn't it? Where the ship's spinning. Yeah, oh, I think so. And um, that book as well by um, the guy that wrote The Martian. Andy, yeah. Andy Weir. Yeah. Andy Weir. Andy Weir, yeah. It's just yeah. bollocks. It's, velocity doesn't create gravity. Mass does. Um, also, uh, destroying a cue ball with a nuke. I mean, yeah, it would work, but you wouldn't need a nuke to do it because a cue ball is a, a perfect balance of what it is. So even theoretically dropping a human hair onto a cue ball would disrupt it and it'd dissipate. You don't need to nuke it. You just need to unbalance it, which is, again, overkill. Let's send the nukes in. And, and f- uh, reality and time distortion is a big key factor in this. That would happen. The closer you get to a giant mass, such as the sun, a minute could take and feel like a year, etc., due to general relativity and time being linked with gravity and mass, which, again, I think Interstellar got that quite right as well. And finally, all the Earth's nations working together to save the Earth. Nah, that's never going to happen. (laughs) I don't believe in that. That's bollocks. Uh, But yeah, the heat is the prime component of this film. It is about the fucking sun. And how Earth is ice. There is a beautiful bit at the end where, because it is an androgynous ending, you don't know if, ambiguous ending, not androgynous, sorry, ambiguous ending where you don't know if it's worked. She just, um, Kappa, the main character, Killian Murphy's character's sister, looks up at the sun and it's particularly bright that morning. Has it worked or is it just, do you know what I mean? Cool, I do like that ending, uh, but. I don't think the film would be the film that it is without the soundtrack. Most of it by Underworld, but a particular track, Adagio in D minor by John Murphy, is still without doubt my favourite single track from any movie ever made. Now, you've heard this song, even if you've not watched the film. It is, uh, on record, the most used track on a film that hasn't got its own score ready yet. Do you know when sometimes they release early trailers? Yeah. They use this track. It is sensational bit of music. It's beautiful. It's every time I hear it, it reminds me of like the wonder of man and science versus nature and stuff like that. I just I just I think it's fucking sensational. But again, my final thoughts on it. Ultimately the film pretends to be hard sci-fi when in reality it's a spiritual film. When God is dying, the sun, God, is dying and devil has all control because there is a devil in this or a devil analogy to it man's hubris uh, who are we who are we to fight extinction do we have the right to stop extinction can science defeat our gods and devils and if we kill the devil himself are we not in fact god which is a line said in the film super powerful and that's coming from an atheist i don't believe in that but i do like the themes it's doing so to save humanity one man had to fly across the surface of the sun the ultimate sacrifice without ever knowing if you've succeeded, another line from the film. I think it's brilliant. I give it a 9 out of 10. 
due to the end, the, the, the halfway point, I don't, I'm not that big into the slasher bit at the end. But yeah, I, I think it's sensational. And again, it fits the remit, Biggie, because it's about the sun. <laughs> <laughs> you turn up the sun in it, hello. I, I think it's Danny Boyle's best film, and I, I think it's Alex Garland's best written work as well. I think it's brilliant. I wish they'd have stuck with the science the first half and just I'd have been absolutely happy having just science going wrong for the whole film why couldn't we have the antagonist be themselves because they were fighting at the beginning weren't they and stuff like yeah. that arguing we didn't need a skinless Mark Strong running around asking if people were angels or not yeah but that was weird I do like the effect of Mark Strong in this how he's constantly blurred because yeah. it's quite scary but yeah, it's really I think cool. it's sensational. It was just a, a weird combination, film. but it still worked. Yeah, it still worked. Listen to that Adagio in D minor. Fuck me, that song. Wow. Whew, if you're brave enough, Gadget, you could play it at the end. It's fucking sensational. No, no, no. Well, yeah. I've already got my ending song picked out, and it ain't, it ain't going to be serious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's a very serious song. Listeners, listen to that tune and look up at the sun, but with glasses on, please. So, yeah, um, what have our. Sun worshippers brought to the table there, gadget. So, if um, any, well, well, we'll we'll start off with that bloody yank himself at Sergeant Story, um, and he's just said backdraft. Yeah, Have yeah, we, yeah, yeah. That's mention. Um, that F King guy said sunshine, a nice hard hot sci-fi with a slasher twist. Uh, he, taste. He also says Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Everything about that movie is dry and has a coating of dust covered covered of sweat. Yeah, even the music yeah, yeah, stings. Yeah. I, I do love that scene where the sun's in the background going down and um, uh, Leatherface is a swing in the go- in the washing. Yeah, and beautiful that, beautifully haunting. Xenos <laughs> uh, said the first things that come to mind for me are the assorted volcanic maps in the Monster Hunter franchise. The older games, you needed a cool mm, yeah. drink every 10 minutes just to, to just not gradually die from the heat if your armor wasn't <laughs> yeah, specked out to provide resistance to it. But they've taken that out now because it's really just an annoyance for the players. Though if you're stupid enough mm. to stand right next to flowing magma, it will definitely still damage you. And of course, if a monster magma. tortures you, it's going to hurt no matter what you're wearing. He's right. They do, they do. Capcom know how to do fire, even in a volcano. Uh, he goes on to say the Metroid series has more than its fair share of overheated areas. Norfair from the original Metroid and the remake Zero Mission yeah. is the one I'm most familiar with. Gadget will remember there is a room in Metroid Dread where you're changing the flow of the fuel line causes the entire room you're in to begin catching fire and collapsing while you're still in it, followed by flooding half the level with the excess heat from the fuel leak. So that's fun. I, mean, it's a, I love that level. Yeah, it's a f- fun sequence. I should probably also give mention to Asphodel in the game Hades. In Greek mythology, Asphodel is a big grassy field in the land of the dead, but in Hades it's been flooded with lava. And being a god does not give Zagreus any privileges in the sphere of not being on fire. Also, yeah, that's... Hades in general, an obscenely hot game. Oh, it's hot, man. In the biggest sense. In, what in, the, biggest in, sense. in the biggest sense, yeah. A lot of very mm, pretty guys. A thirsty game. <laughs> Woohoo! And he finished off the last mm. place I'm going to bring up, chiefly because it's the last place I'd ever want to go, is the assortment of volcanic areas in Guild Wars 2, of which the most notable is probably the Ring of Fire Islands. I'll let you guess why they're called that. 
You can visit Scenic Ember Bay if you want to spend multiple hours trying to clear the Chalice of Tears jumping puzzle, named because it will absolutely make you cry when you inevitably miss a jump onto a razor-thin piece of rock and fall 50 feet into lava and die 20 minutes into the puzzle. <gasps> Andracanus Mons, which is a hollow volcano you get to explore from the inside. It's mostly not lava, but that doesn't mean it's any colder because the ocean at the bottom of the cavern is sulfurous and boiling hot and will kill you just as quickly as lava if you try to swim in it. So, yeah. Guild Wars 2 is psychotic mm. to its players at times. I don't think I know what Guild Wars 2 is. R1. What yeah, is it? It's it's just it's an MMO like um uh, Final Fantasy 14. But oh, it it has okay. it has it has the unique honor of being different in that you don't have to pay monthly to play it. You like bought the game for 40 quid and that was it. You just played it for free. Mm. Hang a- on. Candy, are you drinking milk? No, pina colada. I thought you were drinking milk. I can see that it looks like milk, though. It's it's too hot for milk. (laughs) Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) Uh, Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) Last up, best boy Angry Kurtz and what about the film Heat? I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, He says, no, my my pick for this week (laughs) is Pierce Brosnan's best film outside of the Bond films, and that is Dante's Peak. No one's ever said that's his best (laughs) film ever. (laughs) He's fucking shit. Mamma Mia was better. For those, oh, for those who don't, Thomas Crown Affair. For those who don't know, this film is a disaster film about a volcano erupting. I've seen it a couple of times growing up, as as it was a typical ITV Sunday <laughs> night fodder, but it was still a great yeah, film. Was. However, I haven't seen it in years, so my memory is quite hazy. From what I remember, though, it's, it's about a volcano good. which is supposed to be extinct, but Brosnan's character goes to investigate some suspicious activity in the area, and what do you know? His suspicion is correct, and it goes off big time. Cute, typical disaster move with lots of heat coming from the lava, putting people in perilous situations. Whenever anyone brings up the best disaster films, Dante's Peak always springs to mind, which must mean it's good. <laughs> I, mean, uh, I mean, Kurt, I think if you watch it back again, I think you, you might have to correct yourself on that. Also starring <laughs> Linda Hamilton yeah, in a non-Terminator role. Oh, God, this shit. It's probably shit. <laughs> it is one of uh, Brosnan's worst films. I think the only one worse than that is maybe Lawnmower Man. Yeah. <laughs> He's great in Mrs. Doubtfire. He is. He's very good in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, fucking hell. But in Mrs. Doubtfire, all he's got to do is look pretty. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and he did. Dante's Peak reminds me of Volcano as well, the Tommy Lee Jones one. Which was the, which was the good yeah. film. Which is much better. The, the, and all, way almost, better. Almost my choice. <laughs> Volcano, Volcano is decent, but fucking Dante's Peak, man. Wow, I haven't heard that in ages. Kurt, man, get back and watch it. Please report back with your findings, because it's fucking dog rough. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't think that film. Love the aged feedback, well, though. Don't. Yeah, I don't I'm think not, that one's aged well. I don't want to dish your taste, mate. But oh, yeah, <laughs> woohoo! Dante's peak. Yeah, that's a, that's what we've got in the mailbag. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Thank you very much. So, as always, links to all our extracurricular activities are in the show notes and at modernescapism.co.uk. And please consider becoming a patron to help support our endeavour. Next week. It's the start of our musical odyssey. It's over the heat. The, the summer is over, guys. We're ending the summer. It's, it's going to rain cool from now on. Yeah, it's going to cool down now. We're starting with our musical idols next week. Uh, those acts that we simply won't have a bad word said about them. And we loved their lows and live for their highs when we were younger, or even now. Uh, be mindful as well. Um, we don't mind getting feedback prior to our particular episodes. The schedule is on our website, so get writing in. If, if, if you're not interested in the topic we're going to do, just get writing in for one that you are. We do, rec- we do save them. 
and yeah get writing in guys but that's been our summer theme and our first themed month did you like it i liked it it's far too hot i thought it was Mm. It was it was, it red. was we, far too hot. I mean, we couldn't have picked a better week than this. <laughs> <laughs> we could have done with a cue ball, couldn't we, f- this week? Fucking hell, just just a little one. Just for a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> just for a bit. Call us down a bit. But yeah, um, for anyone that is a patron, we will continue with this discussion, this bumper episode over there. But to everyone else that's tight, I hope you enjoyed the heat. This has been a podcast. Good night. Bye. 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 The web, the web, wave farms or whatever, they are a bit small. Yeah. Maybe just pull the mic a little bit closer to you. Maybe it just might be a distance thing. You once told me to put it away from me. Yeah, that's because you were talking into it like that. <laughs> I like that, though. Yeah. Right, okay. Oh, it's backwards. It's backwards. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I can see because of the fucking Mickey Mouse here. Right, let me test that. Motherfucker! <laughs> testing, testing, testing. <laughs> boomer oh. alert. Salute, Boomer. Oh. Ah, that's fucking I'm fantastic. I'm handing my title officially over to Oodles. <laughs> it, was, it was just... Oh, these fucking Morants are great mics for the price, but fuck me, there's no light on them. <laughs> So you're just going to look put right in. Put a, put a bit of white tape on it or something so you know which way around it is. Front. Front. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Garrow.